What's up, Bench Warmers? Episode 39 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. This is going to sound a little bit different than the episode you're about to hear, but we were recording late at night and uh, we just felt like we were ready for bed so I could record the intro and I'm, re- I'm going to be recording the outro right after uh, I get this all put together. But we got a ton of stuff for you on this one. We talk MLB, actually not MLB, we talk NHL, NBA, uh, draft recap, everything like that. Nico and I went six for six on the first six picks. So we'll break down that and talk about what we thought of each team's performance, how they graded out, uh, so to speak, with our unhinged blog. That was a full NFL draft recap that you can still go read on unhingedsn.com. So be sure to check that out. As for us, follow us uh, at FEOTB Pod on all social medias. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. And then be sure, if you're not listening to this live on the Unhinged Sports Network every Wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we are live, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, and we have various replays throughout the week. There's 24-7 coverage at that URL, so if you're ever in the need for sports content, go check them out. There's tons of great shows and a lot of network-exclusive shows that are starting to pop up, too. So there's a lot of great things coming, but with that, this is going to be Far Into the Bench, episode 39. Couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired Bench warmers, welcome into another episode of the Far End of the Bench. And this is one of the more important center of attentions that I think I've brought attention to. Uh, I saw it today. The Colts are starting their mental health initiative. Colts kicking the stigma. And uh, it's really important. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people, especially former athletes, that struggle with different sorts of mental health and anxieties and everything like that. I happen to be one of them. So I wanted to bring that up. And I think it's a great thing that we're starting to see in pro athletes, starting with Dak Prescott last year after he got really open about his struggles following his brother's suicide. There's just... as long as we continue to have a conversation, things will start to get better. I know this past year has been hard on everybody in different ways, and there's a lot of people who are looked at as not having to deal with these sorts of issues. Not many people are very open about this, especially in the realm of athletics. Um, so I, if you struggle with it, I, I would highly recommend checking out this Kicking the Stigma initiative and know that you're not the only one who struggles if you do and that there are places and people that you can talk to to try and help yourself feel better. And that's the main goal is just making sure that you know that there's people in place to help you feel better if you do struggle like that. You're not alone. It's not something that you have to take on alone. And I think what the Colts are doing, what a lot of these professional athletes that we're starting to see open up talking about their different kinds of struggles is really big. Um, so I wanted to bring attention to that, and I wanted to let everybody out there, all of our listeners, if you're going through something like this, it's not the end of the road. There's different ways that you can get help, reach out, and get the stuff that you need. And it's uh, not the end of the world, trust me. It's not the end, and it's going to continue to move on past what you're going through and past what you're struggling through. So for that, that's this week's center of attention, and well, let's get into the episode. 
Welcome this, in, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. This, man, we got a fun episode. I think it's a great way to start it off, Jimmy. I mean, look, that's uh, mental health is something huge in sports, especially not only with current athletes. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Former athletes, whether it be at the professional level or high school level, or whatever it may be, uh, that's a that's a huge thing. So I really that's that's a great way to start the episode out for sure. Well, I mean, it's obviously it's a little bit more personal. Um, as somebody who went through all that kind of stuff, felt like I had struggles. Uh, there's some extenuating circumstances that I've talked about before, but it's it's really, I mean, as an athlete, you're kind of same same way that boys were raised. I don't think that it's the same way, but like just push just push it down, rub some dirt on it. Everything will work out. Uh, sometimes it feels like not everything is going to work out, but that's that's why I think it's huge to see guys at the top of their game, like what the Colts are doing. I talked about Hayden Hurst and uh, obviously Dak Prescott too. It's the the conversation starting to own up or conversation is starting to take place and that's at least the first step. So that's yeah, that's another, great. another person that comes to mind too that that I remember a few years back was Kevin Love mm-hmm. when he came out with it too. He wrote a huge piece on it and I remember everybody coming out and 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 a lot of people were like thank you for being the first mm-hmm. technically first basketball player to do that because it's it, it's not really people who aren't Especially on a professional level, people are seen as they're bigger than life people, and yeah. they don't necessarily see them as one of us. I guess that's it's weird to say, but a normal human being. <laughs> they but humans. they are human yeah. beings, and they go through the same thing. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a definitely a great subject to hit on. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's I mean yeah, I, I think that's I don't want to keep going with it because I feel like it can be. I don't. I don't want to cry. It's we're doing this late night. We're, we're fair, recording yeah, a little yeah. bit later, and I, who knows what's gonna happen. We might have. Uh, we might get a little bit sleepy on the podcast, but it's. Uh, that's just something you know. Uh, like we said, it's it's a good thing that we're starting to see, and just because you look at somebody like they have everything doesn't mean like they're going through their own thing. Kevin Love, I know a ton of baseball players, especially now. I just listened to uh, one of the the Rays, a the Rays really good pitchers, uh, Glasnow was just on a podcast and he talked about uh, anxiety and OCD with himself. So that's great. And uh, let's get now let's get yeah, into the yeah. good news. The, right? uh, the great news. Great is, news. Uh, the NFL draft took place. So we got a lot of, of that to talk about. But the playoffs, we're, we're almost into playoff season. We've said we it before. So close. We've, we are so close. This is going to be our second NBA and NHL playoffs that we're doing in the eight, six, seven months that we've been doing this podcast. Thirty nine episodes now. Um, so we got a lot of that to talk about, but let's recap some of the things that we saw last week. Did you watch the uh, Avs and Knights game that was on NBC I last week? I did watch week? partially. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing because it got pretty bad towards the end. But, uh, I mean, the the best thing that we can say about that is when the Avs and Knights play, it is another level of hockey. We, oh, I've, I've talked about watching the Senators and um, the uh, Sabres play. And you can tell that they just don't belong on the ice of some of the other teams that they're playing. But when you see Vegas and Colorado, especially this season, barring Wednesday night, because there were some pretty bad performances on both sides Wednesday night, it's it's straight up probably the best hockey that you'll see that's not scripted. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, it, it is two dominant forces, two teams that just scratch and claw for every little piece of the ice. It's, it's, it's absolutely outstanding hockey. That's, yeah. the, that's the only way you can put it. No, it's must-see TV. Whether you're a big hockey fan, whether you're more of an East Coast hockey fan, it'd be worth staying up and watching uh, Vegas or Colorado play. It's unfortunate that we're not going to see them in the conference final because I think in a normal year, 
that's where we would see that playoff Batman, matchup. You better, Batman, you better get it back to the normal way, buddy, because I don't want to see Vegas in the second round every single year. No, that's – I don't think – I think they're going to learn that they'll make some money off of the Colorado-Vegas second-round matchup if it happens. It, we'll say that if – I don't want to keep saying all this like it's going to happen. If it happens this year, they'll make some money, but you'll make even more money if that's a Western Conference final matchup. Um, but let's talk about that game Wednesday night. Obviously – Dubnik, who we were very high on the free agency signing, still he's fulfilling his role. Grubauer is finally back off the COVID protocol list. We got some other guys back from injury, but Dubnik really struggled Wednesday night, and the defense towards the end of the game just couldn't keep up with the pressure. We we are seeing why Grubauer is the number one goalie. Yeah, we are seeing exactly why that because look, Grubauer came in the because that was was his last game before officially being off the COVID list. He had practiced with the team, and then I believe it was Friday night or it might have been Saturday he came back, and he had a shutout. I mean, look, Grubauer is the number one net minder for the Colorado Avalanche. If 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 there was any question about that at all after the Dubnik trade and the uh, Johansson signing as well, that's all put to rest. No. All all Dubnik and Johansson are there for him right now is to make sure we are healthy. That's all. Healthy. <laughs> I don't think that we'll see too much of them. If they have a back-to-back going into the playoffs, we might see Dubnik or Johansson again. But uh, Grubauer was a Vesna, in the Vesna conversation before his little COVID break. I think he still might be in that conversation. Unfortunately, Vasilevsky's still been playing in the, the Lightning, even though they're not top of their division. They're still – And shout-out Varley, too. Yeah. Varley's having Varley's a good year, having a hell for, of year for, for the, the Islanders. Islanders yeah. um, it, it's been – for a shortened season in the weird divisional setup, we talked about it being kind of boring seeing them play the same teams, but it hasn't really taken away from the great games that we've been able to see and the great seasons that a lot of these guys are having. I mean, um, McKinnon is starting to come on really strong. I, I don't know if he's still on his point streak, but he got up to a 14-game point streak, or I think 15 was the Wednesday night loss to the, to the Knights. The one bad thing that we will say about the Avalanches last week is that they kind of fell asleep those last two games against the Blues. Which, I mean, as, as it sits now, the Avs are second in the West behind the Knights. And uh, blue, the Blues have kind of taken over that fourth spot. At this point, I don't know if I want to see them get up to that number one seed and have to take on the Blues in the first round. Just because, for whatever reason, that's always going to be a tough matchup. And the Blues, just like the Knights, know how to kind of take away the strengths of this, of this Avalanche team. And St. And Louis, like I said, they're... Two years now? Yeah, two mm-hmm. years removed from a Stanley Cup win. So they have a lot of players still on a team that knows what it takes in the playoffs. It, so St. Louis is, is is not a team to fight for. Also, those games against them, man, look, St. Louis is fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. All we're doing right now is we have a secured spot. We just are playing for seeding. St. Louis has to win out. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, they're fighting for their lives. They're more desperate. You look at that roster we had. I mean, look. Outside the top line, we are, our two through five, four lines are all jumbled up mm-hmm. because of injuries or because of the COVID list, whether it be Miko, Donskoy, um, Grubauer, like I said, or um, the list goes on and on. Like, well, yeah, like, and Gerard and um, we Graves. got like three guys off the COVID protocol list, and then Gerard and uh, I can't remember who the other guy was ended up going out with injury from Saturday night. I think Ger- Gerard is still going to be out, I think, for at least the – Next couple weeks, Graves, um, I believe, was yeah, the other Graves, person, and Graves came back tonight. Yeah, Graves Monday, was, yeah. is back, and they're playing the Sharks as we're recording this now. So it's not like it's terrible, and I agree with you that playing a team that's fighting for their playoff lives and playing, when you look at the Avalanche, they are, they they still could take over the number one seed. But like I said, I think, I think St. Louis is my biggest 
I don't want to see you play them in the first round matchup. I know Minnesota is having a great year and they are a talented team, but the Avalanche kind of established yet. themselves against the Wild in their season series. When I look at the Blues in the night season series, it's a lot more even. And and that kind of gives me some pause going into the playoffs. Yeah, the one the one argument behind trying to get to that one seed is the home ice advantage, but it's not like there's full arenas. Mm-hmm. We're not full capacity yet, so there'll be fans there. But like, it's not like Vegas or Colorado in the second round are going to have full capacity. Yeah. It'll be nice. It would be nice to slightly have that, but at the same time, like. It's going to be the exact same as we had the playoffs last year. There's mm-hmm. not going to be very many fans, and the few that are there, it's not like it's going to be overtaking. Yeah. So I, I kind of gave mine away. I don't want to see them play the Blues. In the team that scares me the most in division for the playoffs is the Blues. What team scares you the most in division that if the that the Avalanche are possibly going to see in the playoffs? I mean, it's it's Vegas. I mean, if I'm being that that's that's the one that scares me the most because mm-hmm. of who's in net. Because of Mark Andre Fleury, the flower, and his veteran prowess, and how good he has been for so long. Yeah. Like, like Bennington, he has a cup underneath him, but he has not shown that same prowess. He's not the same type of player that he was. Yeah. Mark Andre Fleury is the same exact goaltender that he was when he first stepped into Pittsburgh. That's scary. There, there's, there's a, a reason why he's a Hall won of so Famer. Many cups. Yeah. There's a difference between a Hall of Famer and a guy who's had one really good cup run. Bennington on that St. Louis Cup run was absolutely insane and the fact that he was a rookie that called up got called up at the end of the season and then stepped in and played throughout that whole run that was huge for them but there is definitely a difference between a guy who's gonna be i think it's toronto is where the hockey hall of fame is yeah some place like that in canada there's the difference between a guy who's gonna have a bus there and a guy who like I said, just has one. Stand has, has a name on the on the cup. There's a difference yeah. between just a name on the cup and a guy who has his name on the cup multiple times, and his bus is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It, that's. I mean, that's a good one. I, I still. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, we do get to see that matchup because the Knights coming off the momentum of winning their first round series, the Avs coming off of whatever momentum they would have winning their first round series would be really big. Um, so then. Outside of them, who would you like to see the Avs play the least in the Final Four once it gets out of the divisional round? Because I feel like that's something that not a lot of people are talking about. That'll be the first time you see one of these other teams actually in person on the ice. And uh, we'll pull up the standings of the other divisions. I'll, I'll say mine first because I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's a team we mentioned. It's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is still, they made a late surge last week. And now they're tied with Washington again. Uh, at 71 points, but Pittsburgh has looked really good in their recent stretch and having Sidney Crosby and talk about it again, a guy who's going to be in the hall of fame and Evgeny Malkin, who is still, I mean, he's a former Conn Smythe winner, which is a playoff MVP. And that was their first Stanley cup run that the penguins won. So Pittsburgh is probably my team that I'd like to see them play least out of the rest of the league. Who's that, that team that you don't want to see them play once they get out of the Do I dare say that team in Canada? Man, because I really want to. Toronto, if, look, the Maple Leafs are the biggest choke artists in in hockey history. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put that out there right now. They are. But, like, when they're coming out firing, I don't want to play them. Austin Matthews is so damn good. And they're having consistent goaltending. Look, I mean, their stats are a little inflated because the Canadian teams are 
soft. There's only one team in the Canadian division that's clinched the playoffs. Yeah, like the Canadian, that's Toronto. Yeah, the Canadian division. It, it's soft. I mean, maybe we see resurgence from Connor McDavid and the Oilers do something. Mm. Maybe that worries me a little bit. But when it comes to Penguins in that division, or if you look at a team like the Panthers or the Hurricanes, it goes back to me like if if I'm really picking one team, it's Tampa. Look, Tampa has had a slow year. They're number three seed right now in their own division. Yes, they're only two games back from the two seed because they haven't played as many games. But like you got to go through the the reigning champs at some point. Mm-hmm. I think Tampa is going to come out of that division. Look, Carolina's played well. Florida has played well, but I think they still can still win that division. And Tampa just worries the hell out of me because, like I said, teams that are unless your unless your team is the um, oh, what's what's the team that oh the Capitals the year after they won the cup where they lost in the first round like that Stanley Cup winners are usually always there mm-hmm. and I think the Lightning are going to be a team in the Final Four like I don't think Carolina has it I don't think Florida has it Tampa Bay just has it yep. and if you if you're the Avalanche and look based off of seeding there's a very very good likely possibility off the reseeding that the Avs get paired with the Lightning because the Lightning having a three seed. And the Avalanche being one of the better records in the NHL, that could leave us a one versus four matchup, and we're seeing Tampa Bay in the conference finals. That is not ideal. No, that's not ideal at all. And we still, I mean, if you're talking about the Lightning, you got to talk about the fact that Nikita Kucherov has sat out the entire regular season. He's gonna be back for the playoffs. And then I think the big thing, the back end of the Tampa Bay Lightning, is still just as good so as it was too, last yeah. year. That's Vasilevsky who. I think should have won the Vezina last year. I think he'll probably win it this year. And then Victor Hedman is a Norris Trophy finalist, which means that he's one of the top defensemen in the entire league. Out of that division, the only real team that I see possibly upsetting them and making it out of there would be Carolina because they are, they've been kind of set up for the past couple of years. They have Spetsnikov, who's after he got knocked out by Alexander Ovechkin, which one of my favorite fights to watch and that's just a don't poke the old bear moment do not just mess don't, with him, yeah. don't especially that guy because seeing the bender that he went on after he won the cup the dude is another animal so carolina is my only team that i could see giving tampa a run florida is a great story but they're not there yet it's the, very similar to minnesota mm-hmm. florida is, is very young and they, they have a lot of great talent great they coach too. Good, great coach too but they're just not there yet yeah i mean quenville kudos to quenville that's that's how you establish yourself as one of the premier coaches in the NHL when you can go to a team like Florida who, I mean, on two for chirping, that's all we talk about. Florida can't fill a stadium in non-COVID protocol years for whatever reason. Tampa has a hell of a fan base. Florida it just hasn't caught on there. But they are, uh, they're one of those teams that could be scary if you see them in a, as like a seven or eight seed in a normal year. So I think they'll, their time will come. Depends on how they manage their team. But that division... I think other than the East where you just see teams beating the crap out of each other all the time, I think the Central Division is one of the more competitive ones that we've seen outside of the West. The West is still top. I think I agree with what we said last week still. The Stanley Cup winner is probably coming out of the West Division. Hopefully it's the team that we both want. And I'm going to stop saying it because I feel like we're getting – we're toying with the yeah, hockey we, gods to, to the point where we're almost going to get a jinx. Um, bless you. You got to go – you got to gotta lay down. But that's uh, – that, that's a great, I mean, NHL playoffs, that's when we, when, when you see the video, when you see the video of the uh, uh, center of attention, that's why I just have the chin and the goatee because 
I'm going to do a playoff beard for the Avalanche playoff run, and I'm calling this the Anthrax because that's the only guy – the lead, the guitar player in Anthrax was the last guy that I see just rock the the chin, except his hangs all the way down here. I don't quite have that. I but, don't know if it's going to go all the way down for the playoffs, but you may get a little bit. Oh, it's going to be – it'll be kind of – when I let all of it go and don't even bother with shaving, my neck gets – that's where you're going to – I'm going to – kind of connect it all the way down to what chest hair I have. That's unfortunately I didn't get the hair gene from the Italian side. Yeah. I don't know why that was, that's one of my, we were sitting in a sociology class and people were throwing out like stereotypes and somebody from the back of the class goes, Italians are really hairy. And I was just like, not me. What? <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I heard that. Um, but yeah, other, other news in the NHL. One thing that I wanted to bring up Ryan Miller, who uh, when you were on Trooper chirping, we actually talked about as well as one of those, he was the last goaltender that kind of had Buffalo in any sort of a playoff run. Or any sort of success, well, yeah, <laughs> for that, that matter, that and, too, and it's history. <laughs> that too. Ryan Miller, is uh, he's retiring at the end of the season um, after 18 years. So we're seeing one of the better goaltenders born in America finally hang up the skates. And uh, he doesn't have, I don't think he has a Stanley Cup, but he does have a couple good playoff runs. There was what, that silver medal in 2010. Mm-hmm. What do you what's what's Ryan Miller's legacy? Do you think after I mean, he calls it quits? I mean, when it comes to goaltenders, they're going to be judged upon how they if they win the cup. That's an unfortunate part about it. When I was talking about during the trade deadline for the Avs, Ryan Miller was one of those guys that I, I wanted because mm. I I think he deserved one last chance at a cup, and I think he could have been a great backup. But Joe Sackett proved me wrong and did even better. <laughs> so it worked out just fine. I mean, it's it's unfortunate Ryan Miller was stuck on a bad Ducks team and a very bad Sabres team, and neither team could put anything in front of him, literally anything in front of him. The only reason why the Sabres were any good at any point was because of him, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just very unfortunate. I think he's he's – he, he has a bunch of records um, when it comes to save percentage and stuff like that. <laughs> doesn't have the wins because of the terrible teams he was on. But he is going to be – I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he, he's going to be a cusp. Yeah, I think the main thing about him, and you'll probably see a lot of people bring up that silver medal in the Olympics, the fact that he is one of the most uh, accomplished – well, it's tough to say that, but he is one of the better American goalies that we've seen – because it is as much as we like to say America, we we joke America. Hockey is America's sport, not really. Our it's, teams are yeah. good. Our teams the are athletes good. Athletes were not there yet. Well, that's that's the thing when we start watching Olympic hockey is that most of the Avalanche play on other teams team besides Finland, team America. Sweden, yeah. Team Finland. Yeah. So, um, but Ryan Miller, I mean, congrats on a great year, and I, I feel like eighteen years with as many shots as he sees per season. You got to throw like an extra five on that. He's probably feel, he probably feels like he's played twenty five seasons oh, because he yeah. just gets shelled all the time. So, um, like we said, kudos to him. And uh, yeah, that'll be. It was a cool moment. He they just finished playing the Kings, who has Jonathan Quick, who's another really good American board and goaltender, has a Stanley Cup or two Stanley Cups two actually Stanley Cups, with yeah. Los Angeles. So yeah, Jonathan Quick and Ryan Miller were on the twenty fourteen team together. Quick was the starter, Miller mm-hmm. was the backup. So it was cool to see that. Yeah, but that's uh, – I mean, hockey, I'm excited for that. And two for chirping will be back this week. I know I've missed the last two, but, hey, the draft was happening, and I do have a life outside of just recording podcasts. I'll bring something up later that you're going to look at me and say, oh, you're a hypocrite, but uh, I needed a little bit of a break. And now that we've, we're starting to see more teams, like uh, the Eastern Division has all four spots. 
the Eastern Division playoffs are going to be Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, and the Islanders. I still think Boston is going to give a run for my money in that division. That that's... I don't know why because I don't really trust Washington or Pittsburgh yet. The yeah. only reason why I give Pittsburgh a slight edge is because number 87 and number 71. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason. I mean, but Boston, man, Boston worries Boston's me. still good. I mean, we said it when they were doing the Lake Tahoe games. Three of the four best teams in the league were in those Lake Tahoe games, and that was Vegas, Colorado, and Boston. So I don't like giving them credit, but you all obviously have to give them credit because they are one of the more successful franchises. They're an original six and, and everything like that. So I know Jim's smiling now that I had to give them praise. Let's move on to uh, the NBA because we have the Nuggets. They're at halftime now, but as we're recording this, we got the Nuggets game on in the background. Let's start with one of the guys we're not seeing play. Let's start with... Uh, I know he's your your greatest player of all time, and I get He get still that. pisses me off, though. Every now and then. He pisses me off, though. He puts that size 18 shoe right in his mouth. Oh, and man. this is one of them. LeBron, when it first was announced that they're going to keep the play-in format, there were two guys that were like, yeah, this is, this is great. This is going to give more competition, more parity. And that was LeBron James, and that was Mark Cuban. Well, LeBron has changed his tune quite a bit now that he sees his team can't win without him on the floor. And he's this like, I'm 36. With him on it. I'm 36. I can't play every game. But they're in the sixth seed. They're, I mean, if they lose tonight, they're probably a shoe-in for that play-in, play-in tournament. And he's not happy about it. Well, I mean, one of these three teams are going to be in the play-in game. It's either Dallas, it's either Portland, who has been ice cold too, or it's going to be um, the How's Lakers. that Damian Lillard MVP case working out, guys? Oh, another flavor of you're the gonna, week. You're going to give us shit for saying Jokic is the MVP with the, on the three seed in the West? Come on now. Three seed without your starting point guard, your, your backup point guard, and also now your backup or your starting small shooting guard? All gone for the past three weeks. And we've went 9-1. and one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Speak when spoken to about the MVP. But look, look first of all, Play in tournament, it's genius. Mm-hmm. These look these last couple of regular season games meant nothing the last few years. The only reason the last meaningful last game regular regular season game of the year was Kobe's last game, mm-hmm. and the, that day when the Warriors also were trying to go for seventy three nine. Besides that, no one cares. No one cares. Now people's teams that are in the nine or ten seed have a chance not only to sneak in, or they they can also get a chance to sneak in, or they're still a lottery team. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a great divide, and teams like the Warriors who have Steph and Curry, if they get hot at the right time, could play spoiler. Yeah. And that's the last thing LeBron James wants to see. LeBron, do you think that he'd? Do you think that we would have heard a peep out of him if the Lakers? Didn't? Oh, if the Lakers, the Lakers and the Mavericks preseason were a top four seed. Mm-hmm. Preseason, they had Lakers, Clippers, they had uh, the Nuggets, and then they had the Clippers or the Mavericks. Sorry, yeah. as a top four seeds, they didn't think Utah was going to be anything. They didn't think Phoenix was going to be anything. And both teams now are fighting for their lives here at the end of the season. That's, I mean. It's it. I mean, it's a you should. This is a moment where you should really think about what you're gonna say before you say it, and make sure you go back and see what it, everything LeBron does is publicized. He can go back and see what did I say at the beginning of the season? If I say this, am I gonna look stupid? You do, King James. You look really stupid. Almost as stupid as when uh, you're you're. I don't know. How do you feel about the new Space Jam trailer? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I like it. I, I it's it's a cool concept, but. Just, it's gonna it's, be. It's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. That's, that's what you should be focusing on at this point. If you're gonna complain about a play-in tournament, you should be focusing on promoting your movie, 
and that's all that you should that's all I want to hear you talk about at this point. I don't need to hear you say I don't think the play play in format is a good thing. We're I I I just don't need to hear anything else out of you unless it's going to be explaining why I don't the, even the, know. the thing the thing that pissed me off more about what he said was that whoever whoever thought that up should be fired. Well, guess what? If the Warriors make the playoffs, whoever whoever came up with the idea getting a raise. is getting a raise. Because Seth Curry and the Warriors aren't in the playoffs right now. Yeah. They're a ninth seed, I believe, and they get in the playoffs because of this play-in tournament. That guy is a genius. He could care less what LeBron does because if Steph Curry is in the playoffs, that's money. Yeah. That is money in the pockets. I saw something. Look, Jay Adonde is a, is an announcer for ESPN, very respected around the league for a lot of years. He said if the play-in tournament knocks the Celtics and Lakers out of the playoffs, then it is a travesty. Well, Jay Adonde, I have some news for you. If the Lakers and Celtics can't win one game against teams like Memphis, San Antonio, um, the Warriors or the Celtics have to beat the Magic or the Pacers, and they can't beat one of those teams. I have some bad news to tell you: they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it, and it's and it may be bad for ratings, but they don't deserve it. This league is moving past the star teams. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happening in the Western Conference: Phoenix, top of the West. Look what's happening in the East. Yes, it's Brooklyn, but Brooklyn is up there. I mean, look, Milwaukee is a top three seed. They just smacked down on Brooklyn the other night. Mm-hmm. This is we're going away from the Miamis, the LAs, the yes, the New Yorks are there, but the Chicago's. We're going away from that. Mid market teams are the new wave, buddy, and it's time for you to get in shape. That's the thing. Like when you criticize the play in tournament, you're basically you're whining about having to win an extra game. Well, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position in the first place. It's not, it's not our fault no. that your team that you built, the super team that you built with Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, um, oh, bringing in Andre Drummond for free. You're telling me that team can't win some games? That's that's your own problem. That's Yeah, you got other, other things to look at. Maybe you didn't build the right roster. I know that on paper it looked like you should be a top three seed. Well, if everything was played on paper, no – Denver would not have a single major sports championship. All of these smaller teams would not even be in the playoffs. We would just It'd be the regular. Super League. It'd be the Super League like they do in Europe. Yeah, It'd be exactly, exactly that. Yeah. Where, where, they, where they do their own thing and be terrible for the game. Well, that's exactly that's, 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 that's exact. Now thing, I understand yeah. it. I, un- I finally understand something about <laughs> soccer. I didn't understand what was going on, but now I get it. And I agree with everybody who talk about crazy ass fans oh that manchester united thing was hilarious well yeah but is that uh the cronky that is no, yeah. no no that's not the cronky that's something else it's the glazers i it's a good thing cronky does not live in england because the amount of people that showed up to that protest oh man it was th- those and, and i don't know that's the other thing the way that the fans of soccer attack the super league i if that's the bad thing that i i'm starting to think about if th- that happened in like football or basketball or the MLB would American sports fans really get up in arms oh, like I that? I think and they would. I think they would, it, honestly. Maybe, but then I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just happy also that there, that uh, Stan Kroenke is in charge of Liverpool and that he gave his son the reins to the Avs and Nuggets. Because, yeah. look, Stan or Josh Kroenke has done a great job because he's been like, Joe Sackick, Tim Connolly, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, you have free reign. You know reigns. more than I do. You know more than I do. Have fun. Have free reign. And over there, he's in charge of Liverpool and he is just fumbling the bag not doing well not doing well at all um other news in the nba Doncic 
and his technical foul trouble. He's, he's becoming a little bit of the B-I-T-C-H, I'll well, tell you that. I was going to bring that up. I didn't know how you'd feel about that, but I, I agree. Now, some of it is the referees think, take All themselves referees a little bit too seriously, yeah. and they think that if, uh, if you say something bad about a call that they made, they have to, it's like they're defending their own honor by, you can't, you can't say that, I'm a referee. I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And uh, Doncic, that's the other. Wasn't he one of the guys com- giving Jokic and the people saying that Jokic deserves to get more fouls called? Because I know that we had that debate a few weeks ago. But this is kind of what I'm seeing. Doncic is starting to see himself as a star, and he thinks he get, he should get the star treatment. I know Dallas is one of the better franchises in the NBA. Still a mid-market team. Still a mid-market team, yeah. And well, yeah. I mean, Doncic, Luca is a star. Let's mm-hmm. let's first of all put that out there. He is a star, yeah, but he's, I'm not saying that he's not. But he he, he just got to He's acting a little bit prima donna. He like he is his third year in the league now. So, third year. He's yeah, 22. Year. He's 22. Like you got to realize something. This ain't your league yet, kid. Like I, I, it's terrible for me to say that, but it's not. This is still LeBron's. This is still Giannis's league. This is Jokic's league now too. Yeah. Like. Luca is not – he's 22 years old. He's a kid still. It'll be his time. There will be his time where he is talked about as much as LeBron will be on ESPN. Because once LeBron retires, they have to find a new flavor of the year. So they'll, they'll, go, they'll go to him next. Um, but Luca, he's that, that, that Mavericks team, he has 15 technicals now. He has to be suspended for a game. Going back to the referees, the referees have not been good. Let's just put it out there. They have not been good. I don't know if they picked these dudes off of uh, Foot Locker or what because, look, the referees have been terrible. The last two-minute calls, they have been – I mean, the, the NBA has what's called a last two-minute report where they absolutely put the referees on fire. If a game is within 10 points, they were, they submit a last two-minute report of every single game, and they tell the refs what they did wrong or what they did right. And that has pissed them off to the point where that they're just fucking around and saying, I don't care. I'm just going to do, do what they're wrong. Because, look, Luca. I heard what he said. Luca said, hell no, on the way talking to the ref, yelling hell no in his face. And that's an offense of a technical. Like, what? Are, where are we at in this league? Because, look, I remember the days of KG yelling, fuck you, ref. And then Rasheed Wallace, after a, after a missed free throw, at the top of his lungs, yelling, ball don't lie. Well, and the people at the third level could hear like we are like we are getting soft and we are getting to the point where referees are controlling games. That is the last thing we want. Yeah. Funny thing is a lot of what Kevin Garnett said, both to the refs and to the other players, if we put it on this podcast, we would probably bleep it, even though we are an explicit podcast. That's just that's that's one of the KG my was favorite, different. Let's yeah, just that that's way. one of my favorite stories that your dad has is what KG said to Carmelo right after him and Lala got divorced. Yeah, we we cannot. I'm not gonna say that, that yeah. again. But that was, I mean, physically the game is getting a little bit more soft. Verb mentally, it's getting a little bit more soft. What I really think the Mavericks need to do is they need to get some veteran in there. I know that they have some veterans on the team, but somebody look at Luca and go, dude, you are 22. You don't have the uh, cojones for that to be that, yeah. telling these refs what they should and shouldn't call. When you're 36 and you got a couple league MVPs and everything and like that, you've been around for a few years. Go yeah. ahead and say what you want, but right now you just kind of got to play the game. And when you're out, especially where the Mavericks are right now, like you said, they're they're the fifth seed in the West right now. They're on the bubble of even being considered to be in the play-in game. So you you got to make sure that your stars are out there. 
And if you don't have the physical control, knowing that if, if you get one more technical, you're going to be suspended, you kind of deserve to have to sit out that suspension. They really need somebody to get on him and say, I get that you're one of our best players, but we really need you to be one of the best players on the court. It doesn't matter what you do. If you get suspended and have to show up to a game in street clothes, that puts us at a disadvantage. You're yeah. hurting the guys around you by trying to work for yourself. Yeah, I compare – this is a great comparison. I compare it to Tom Brady can talk to the referees and chirp at them and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow doesn't have that leeway yet. He's a rookie. He's a second-year quarterback. He can step in. He can chirp the refs, but they're going to look at it like, kid, you're not there yet, buddy. Tom Brady comes in because he has the respect and that people know him and he's been around for a lot of years and does at a high level. People like Joe Burrow and also now Trevor Lawrence, which we'll get to in a little bit, don't have that yet. Yeah. Like it's 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 a respect thing and it's a level levels to this. Know where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Basically have some self awareness, understand what you what you bring to the table. What you bring to the table is a great player on the court. You're not the best negotiator. If you were a good negotiator, you'd probably be a lawyer. That's kinda how that works. LeBron maybe has a career in law when he gets done with this. I think Brady Brady's probably going to go into stand-up comedy with all the the roast. Oh, Do you see his, his tweet his. about Jules today? Yeah, he's he's had he's he, had himself. A he's on him. I think he's still drunk. I think he's still drunk from the Super Bowl parade. I don't know what's going on, but this is the most I've heard from Brady in an offseason in a long time uh, since Deflate Gate. Um, other other things that I want to talk about before we get to the Nuggets specifically, uh, and I saw this at the gym last week. Russell Westbrook is five triple doubles away from breaking the all-time record set by Oscar Robinson. He has 177 right now. Uh, I asked you the question about Ryan Miller's legacy. What's Russell Westbrook's legacy? Man, look, I this this is going to be a very, very hot take that I'm going to bring in right now. I have seen a lot of rumors flying around. If you look at their careers, who would you rather take, Allen Iverson or Russell Westbrook? And at the end of their careers, I think Russell Westbrook might have a slight edge. Hear me out for a second before you come at me. Hear me out. I love AI. AI was one of the most fun players to watch. He transcended the game. Mm-hmm. He was a person that brought arm sleeves, headbands, do rags, tattoos. tattoos, made it cool. Mm-hmm. He's what made it cool. People wearing arm sleeves because of Allen Iverson. But look, Russell Westbrook, man. I mean, you could say that he stats, pad stats, and the whole thing, but the dude is, wherever he goes, whether it be in Houston or whether it be in OKC or whether it now be in Washington where they just shipped him off or nothing, mm-hmm. the dude produces. And the dude plays with heart. As much as I hated him when he was playing for OKC, the Nuggets played them. Like, he is plays with heart, and he's a damn good player. And there is an argument to be made that he could be one of the 25 or at least top Oh, man, this is going to be tough. Top 15, top 10 guards of all time at the end of his career. Not right now. We're not there right now. But at the end of his career, if he stays on this pace for another seven, eight years, we could have that conversation because the man is putting up numbers. Like, he he does more on the court than people realize. You could just look at the stat book and be like, oh, he has 20 assists, 20 rebounds. Cool. But the way he his molded that young team Washington the Wizards are a team that is going to make some noise in the playoffs yeah. they're in the playing tournament that's all on Russell Westbrook they were nothing last year with with Bradley Beal only and John Wall being hurt mm. this year they can be something because of Russell Westbrook and that's just that x factor I think you can talk about stat padding if it was just just double doubles where he's pulling down all the all of his teammates misses on the offensive side and then getting the put back that would be more of a selfish He's just padding stats. The triple-double with all the assists that he's getting, too, and that was – it was on Stephen A. Smith's uh, radio show 
that they were playing on ESPN that I was watching, he is facilitating that offense too. He, if they if they didn't have him on the court, they are not a ten seed in the East. They are probably more towards they the bottom lottery. of the league. They're the lottery. Yeah. yeah. Right now, he's got them in some sort of contention. They might be able to do something. Like you said, if they get into the playoffs. They're a team in the playing tournament that you don't want to see. That no. that could make a deep run. Yeah, and I think the like they're, right now it would probably be Philadelphia, which we can talk about some of the. Oh, man, mess me up. Philadelphia sports, I, I want to rip to shreds. I'll tell you that. Well, their, their draft probably gives you that leeway, which we'll get to in a little bit, but. The the fact that if I, I'm saying this right now, I think that series probably goes six or seven. Yeah. If it's Washington or one of the other teams in the East in the play-in tournament going up against the 76ers, if the 76ers are going, going to win an NBA championship this year, at least make the finals, they're going to go through three, six, or seven-game series. It's not going to be them sweeping the first two rounds and being rested. They're going to have to claw and fight their way, and we're going to see if they finally have that mental toughness. If they face Miami or Washington in the first round, that's a seven-game series. I give Miami the edge over Philly, and I give Philly the slight edge over Washington just because of their talent up front, but that is not a favorable matchup either you're the 76ers. Yeah, and if they end up making it through, I'll have some respect for them because they will have proved they have mental toughness. But the next thing you have to worry about is they will be facing the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round. Or, yes, hear me out, the New York Knicks. The New York freaking Knicks. Imagine. Oh, man, imagine the Knicks knocking off the Sixers in the second round. I may have to have a full bonus episode where I just rip into Philadelphia. Yeah, that would be oh, that would be so bittersweet. Miami beating them or the Knicks beating the Sixers in the playoffs, I may have be the happiest man alive. That might I mean that's not going to be make me more happy than the Nuggets being going far, but it'll be right up there. Yeah, I mean speaking of the Knicks real quickly, is Julius Julius Randle where does he rank in the game right now? Is he a top? He is a he is right now. I would say a top five power forward in the NBA. I would say he is a top. 10 big man in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, like, people forget, Julius Randle has been shipped around. He was on the Lakers. They shipped him to uh, New Orleans. New Orleans let him go. The Knicks signed him in free agency. And the dude is, he is the most deserving, most improved player we've seen in a long time. The mm-hmm. dude has been special. And this Knicks team, man, I saw I saw something where, well, how the Knicks turned around completely. Julius Randle, Signed in the offseason two years summers ago and signed a four-year deal. He went in the year after his first year, and, and they came to him being like, what, how, what is going to make you successful? I was going to bring that up to you. What is going to make you successful? He was like, I need a coach, I need a coach that's going to push me. Mm-hmm. They brought in Thibodeau. Thibodeau is the fir- perfect coach for him. He pushes them. They are defensively sound. The, Julius Randle right now, like I said, Julius Randle is doing outstanding things. But look at their roster. Mayo quickly, un- a second-round draft pick. R.J. Barrett, the guy that was the afterthought in the draft two years ago because of Zion mm-hmm. and because of the Jaws. He was the afterthought of those top three picks. And then players like um, – Derek Rose, who's been a, who's been pushed to the side, well, you could talk yeah. about too. Youngest MVP. Forget he's a young, the youngest MVP in NBA history. I mean, the Knicks team. It's fun to watch, and it's 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 cool to say seeing the Mecca being back to where it is. And man, I I I would love to see the Knicks do some damage. The Madison Square Garden's about to have some playoffs again. Who'd not have not hockey Who'd playoffs. Have <laughs> not hockey playoffs because the Rangers. I don't know what the hell happened to them, but the Knicks um, and Julius Randle's a. 
grade A example that professionals still need practice too. Because that's I heard a lot about what he did the last two summers, and before you know they brought in Thibodeau and they kind of got that organization in place, he was more of a guy who took his summers off. Now he's in the gym making sure that he's in shape for the start of the season, and it shows. That's that's one of the things that I like about New York being where they're at. The Knicks forcing themselves basically forcing themselves to be in the gym and get themselves better. That's one of the, the cooler stories that you can see at the professional level that we don't get to see all that often. Another, another story that, I mean, as I'm wearing the Mamba Academy hoodie, I, I, I try to get the Mamba Cita hoodie that's sold out so quickly. So hopefully, I mean, it was Gigi's 15th birthday this past weekend, so I was unable to get that, but happy oh, birthday, that, Gigi. That hurts. Yeah, I know that hurts. That we have to say that it's, it would have been her 15th well, birthday. Yeah, it would have been her 15th birthday. But, I mean, look, one of the, one of the things that – Julius Randle learned from Kobe his rookie year because he was his vet. Was Kobe wherever he, whenever he played on the road, the first thing he did as he got off the plane before going to the hotel, before going to practice, he would find a high school gym. Mm-hmm. A high school gym. He'd go to a high school gym and he put shot up shots up whenever he landed right away. And Julius Randle after after Kobe passed away and and everything after. That his first game back, he was in Detroit. And he was playing the Pistons, and he did that. And he had in the high school gym he went to. The AD came in and was like, "You know, this is this is really cool. You're doing this. This this is the not very many people you don't see players do this. Have the work ethic you do. You're this is the second time we've ever seen this happen. And the other person to do that was Kobe. Kobe it was Kobe Bryant back in 2016, mm-hmm. the year he retired. I mean, that's that's chills to you. And Julius Randle has been saying that. Not only does he do it now, his whole Knicks team does it. Yeah. That they, they, they bring that attitude of let's get some shots up wherever we land on a road trip before we get to the hotel, before we eat dinner, before whatever, let's go get some shots up. And that's the attitude that you love to see. Leading by example. That's, it's a cliche that you hear so often, but when it's done well, it works at any level that you play at. So if you're a young athlete listening, listening to this, putting in the extra work that you don't want to do, it's – and that's an old Arnold Schwarzenegger quote, too. He didn't start counting his reps when he was competing until his muscles hurt. Mm-hmm. And then he would start counting. It's the pain that you feel training makes you better when you're actually playing. So take that for what it's worth and take that in, into consideration the next time you're tired and don't want to do something. If you do that just a little bit extra, no matter what you're doing, whether it's your job, something like that, it works. And Julius Randle and the Knicks are a perfect example of that. All right. I, I held you off long enough. Let's go. What What are these Nuggets doing other than just showing everybody that they are mentally fraud city. strong? We are fraud city. Hell yeah. Built, not bought. That is the best way to put this team. Built, not bought. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the season that after the All-Star break, we lose Jamal Murray to torn ACL. Monte Morris is out for a month. Will Barton goes down with an injury for an extension period of time. And this team goes 9-1 and one in the last 10 games. I'd be like, no, nah, you're losing your mind. This team, is, this team is a fringe playoff team, and we have no shot. <laughs> but the Nikola Jokic has different plans. This, this, this team, man, look, I am so damn proud to be a Nuggets fan. I, I, it's It's – it's so awesome to see what this team does because look the development of Michael Porter Jr. the the 
the balls of Faku Kampazu to take whoever they put in front of him and say, I don't care how big you are. I'm going to take you down and make your life a living hell. And then you have players like Austin Rivers and um, and Harrison off the bench who weren't, who weren't playing basketball two months ago. Yeah. They were sitting at home watching games. Come in and step in and make great plays. It's so good to see, man. This this Nuggets team, I'm like I said this like a like a very beginning of our podcast. This Nuggets team will win a championship within the next five years. Book it, book it. Next five years because if this team at full health with Jamal Murray playing like he did in the bubble, Michael Porter Jr. playing like he has been the last ten games, and you have this Nikola Jokic, there isn't a team that can stop them. There isn't. I don't care what you say about the Utahs. I don't care what you say about LeBron. LeBron's getting older, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's weird to say that, but he is. And this league right now is going to be put on notice. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, the Michael Porter Jr. has been great. And the fact that they are holding that three-seed spot, and it's just something that you you love to see. And now it gives you more, like I, I was saying when Jamal originally went out, the rest of the season is basically showing you what kind of makeup of the team that you have. We also are going to have Aaron Gordon for the full season next year. Which adds great. I mean, he has been a, a he's real been a big presence. Addition, yeah, and, and that's been great for them. And whoever they're ending up drafting, I know that the NBA draft is not the same as the NFL draft, and you don't find these steals in the second and third rounds. But the Nuggets, with the way that they're showing, they can develop guys. I, whoever they bring, whoever they do draft, I have faith that they're going to make sure that he's in there. We're starting to see the. I'll, I'll call it the mile high mentality because I'm not calling it the Miami mentality. It's mile high mentality. Mile yeah. high mentality. Tim Connolly is building that. And it's great to see with the Nuggets. I love the fact that we're going to have two teams playing playoff sports in the ball arena. First time in I can't even remember how long that the Avalanche and Nuggets will have playoff basketball in their home, home playoff arena. Playoff basketball and hockey, man. It's, it's awesome to see this Nuggets team. Like I said, there's no expectations. You you go – like on, on Saturday night, you go into – L.A. go into Staples Center with Kawhi returning from injury. Paul George, who's dropped 30 the past four games. Yeah, Pandemic P is doing something. And then Rondo, who's coming off. Boogie Cousins, all all-stars, all champions in their own right. You go in and punk them. You punk them. And you say, you know what, we don't care. It's next man up. It's that next tooth up mentality. Shark teeth. One, one pops out, next one fills right in. This team is resilient. This team does not care what you think. Does not care who you put in front of them. They're going to make sure that they don't go without a fight. You cannot, you are, the teams like the Lakers, Blazers, Mavericks, don't want to face the Nuggets. That is the last team you want to face. They want to see Utah. They want to see Phoenix. They want to see the Clippers. They don't want to see that Mile High City team because they know that the Nuggets won't go down without a fight. And it doesn't matter. You can put your backs up against the wall. I'll tell you right now, last thing you want to do is get up on a 3-1 lead on this team because that is a death wish. Yeah. That is a death wish. Any other team, you'd be like, oh, it's a walk in the park. Nuggets take that as a challenge. You're gonna get If you go up 3-1, it's going 6 at least. That's what they proved last year in the bubble. And the best thing about the Nuggets is that they don't care about the individual accolades. They don't care who's scoring 30 points a night. Jokic, every single time that he's asked about the MVP, says he doesn't care. That's He's the only person in that conversation right now that says, I don't 
don't care. I want team to win. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, you're pulling out a rocky Russian voice there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's perfectly. Same, it's, it's the same, same thing. It's serving. Yeah, same thing. Same region. But um, Jokic comes in and he just has an attitude of, you know what? I am doing what I can to win this team. If I have to drop 30, 15, and 15 a night, I will. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I, if, if, if the team needs me to not be the scorer and, and, and give the ball to MPJ, he will do that. Yeah. We saw that in the bubble. He wasn't necessarily the best player on the floor for the Nuggets in the bubble. Jamal Murray was the first and second round. But when Jokic needs them, he you can you can rely on him, and he is not a person. There's a reason why us in the Denver sports media are talking so much about Jokic and are doing this for him because he won't do it for himself. The guy is that humble. There's a reason why we're barking so loud. There's a reason why there's thousands of Denver Twitter pages, Denver sports pages that are barking about Jokic because he won't do it. Yeah. We do it for him. And we get anno- we are we get annoyed, we get pissed off because there's a new flavor of the week every single week. It'll be Damian Lillard one week. It'll be Steph Curry another week. Oh, it'll be Chris Paul this week. Oh, I guess maybe it'll be Joel Embiid this week. There's been one person since the first week of the season, since back on Christmas, that has been in the MVP conversation. And that is number 15, Nikola Jokic. There we go. That's I'll leave it at that because I can't say it any better. Um, and now let's transition to some some draft talk. All right, let's 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 talk some draft. We'll go AFC on this side of the break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the NFC. And we'll start in the AFC North. We're going to recap by division, and we'll talk about teams if they're needed. And we're starting with the AFC North because obviously you can see it here. I'm wearing my Bengals, Bengals pullover. Um I get the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers and Browns. They're all above 50-50 in what they did in the draft. And let's start with the Bengals. I gave them a C-plus in the full blog that we had. We had four contributing writers. We split two divisions apiece. So go check that out, unhingedsn.com. I gave them a C-plus. I really like, obviously, I really like the Jamar Chase uh, pick. I basically came out on the table and said, I will not be a Bengals fan. If you don't take Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. And ladies and gentlemen, you said that a month ago about Penny Sewell, two months ago. But hey, here we are. Things change. Things <laughs> I'm allowed to change my mind, obviously. Those were two that was a really good pick. They picked a kicker in the fifth round, which some would the say dude, the kicker is good, bro. He's, he's badass. <laughs> that I'm not kick lie. with the that hit the yeah. water ball, that was pretty badass. He also hit a fifty five yarder in college. And he hit that consistently. He was if you, I, I didn't watch a ton of Florida games, and Florida doesn't really have to kick field goals all that often when they do play. He that wasn't a bad pick. K- kickers aren't bad bad to draft. No, if they're worth it. They're not bad to draft. It was the one f- thing I don't get is long snappers being being drafted. I mean that that's a whole different story. Kickers yeah. and punters, I understand. Long snappers don't make sense at all, but they can be weapons if you use them correctly. And and it, yeah. I, Long snappers getting drafted is a little bit weird. That that video of Matt Rule calling the long snapper that he drafted is going viral, and even he was like, "You you drafted, drafted me? me? <laughs> what? No." But my uh, my main problem with the Bengals draft is what they did in the second round. We were talking about it before we started recording. They were sitting there after the first round. Tevin Jenkins, who is the nastiest offensive lineman, maybe you can make the debate of Quinn Miners, will who will talk about with the Broncos. Those are the two nastiest offensive linemen in this, in this draft, and he was sitting right there. Didn't get drafted in the first round like I thought he could have. He could have been a late first rounder. And uh, they trade back out of the fifth pick of the second round with Chicago, and Chicago took him with that pick. So we don't get Tevin Jenkins. We end up getting uh, Carmen, 
who was the left tackle at Clemson. Not like he's a that much of a worse player, and I think he'll probably be better in the pass game. Tevin Jenkins is just more of a, a run blocking mauler. Well, he, the guy you got, Carmen, is Cincinnati born too. Yeah, that's. So I mean, I think that might have had something to go into it as well. It'll be interesting to see how it shapes out. The draft is one of those things where it can all look great and you can get an A-plus in your draft, but then none of your picks end up playing for more than three years, and it's a bust. We're seeing that, I mean, with Cincinnati now, their first-round pick from two years or four years ago, Billy Price, they, they didn't pick up his fifth-year I mean, Isaiah Wilson last year, first round, he's not even in the league anymore. He's making rap albums. He, he had a lot of other things go. That <laughs> so, was one of the biggest swings and misses I can remember because I thought he was going to be good. And he was going to the Titans, who they were coming off a conference championship appearance. Uh, the the Ravens, I think they started, I mean, they didn't do as good of things as they could have. It, I think that they probably dropped the ball on some of their picks. They got Rashad Bateman and uh, Odafe Owe, who is another outside linebacker out of Penn State instead of they had Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa still sitting there. He ended up going to the Browns in the second round, which I think, I think could be a steal. I think the Browns, you, you, I mean, you. I, mean, I did not, the a- AFC North. Yeah, you're, you did the Browns a little bit dirty, a little bit. I think the Browns did a really good job. No, they they uh, they didn't get worse. And this is, this is different than what I'm used to talking about with the Browns is that they actually drafted really well. They're, I think their best picks are Wusu-Koromoa. Uh, and to- Togi out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. they uh, lost Larry Ogunjobi to free agency this past year. He signed with the Bengals. Togi is going to be a whole different presence in the middle of that defensive line. And it, it, I think that the Browns, they were a better team than the rest of the teams in the division, I think. So that's why I kind of I gave them a B plus. So my, my grades for this division were Ravens B minus, Bengals C plus, Browns B plus, Steelers A minus. Uh, I will give a rare shout-out to the Steelers because the center that they drafted in the third round, Kendrick Perkins, I actually played Kendrick with. Kendrick Perkins, not the not the idiot center? <laughs> oh, Kendrick Green. There you I, go. I, I was like, hey. Excuse me. James Kendrick watching Green. a little too much basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you, were, you went at Kendrick Perkins, and he actually responded to somebody, so I was I, I got confused. But Kendrick Green, uh, center out of Illinois, I actually played with him in China when we played in the International Bowl. So that's kind of, it was cool to see him get drafted. I wish that it wasn't to Pittsburgh because now I can't root for him, but – they, they, they will still be a solid team. I don't think that they're going to win the division anymore, but they're definitely still in the in the conversation for wild card. I'll be honest, I wasn't sold on the Najee Harris pick. Really? I, I really wasn't. I thought Etienne may have had a slight edge. I think I think Najee Harris is a more physical back, and that's the Pittsburgh way. <laughs> I think Etienne's more flashy and more downhill. But I think, I mean, at twenty four, you're asking a lot for him. Because he is going to be your premier back now, and if he doesn't come in and produce right away, I think we have James Conner 2.0, where he where he kind of falls off a little bit and he goes to second second mark. Mm-hmm. The Steelers, if they're going to be successful, Big Ben cannot throw the ball 50 times a game. You're going to have to rely on your hev- running game heavily, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Najee Harris is ready for that yet. Because look, he he wasn't a running back in college that had the ball every time. Because Alabama has. They're RBU for a reason. Five wide receivers in the last two years have gone in the first yeah, round. Yeah, they have the wide receiver U and RBU. They they breed running backs and receivers over there. And man, if if Najee Harris, he's gonna he's gonna be the premier back. And I don't know if he's ready for that. The one thing I will say, he does have a little bit of that Le'Veon Bell, very patient style, which we saw do really well in Pittsburgh. So if they can get him to that point. I don't know if he'll have a great season this year, but his second year could be something a little bit more, but those are the grades for the AFC North. Now let's move on to the AFC East. 
Um, and I did not do these grades. Uh, we gave the AFC East to uh, Dan, the host of the Time to BS. And he gave the grades Patriots B minus, Dolphins A, Bills B plus, and he gave the Jets an A, which, you know. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm okay with the Jets and Dolphins A's. Look, because look, the Jets, the first three picks, Jets hit them out of the park. Mm. Those Elijah Moore, I think, is going to be a steal. I think that's a wide receiver that's going to be talked about. That that how do he fall that far? Yeah, I think Elijah Vera Tucker. People can say you shouldn't draft a guard that high, but look what happened to Quentin Nelson. I mean, you got your quarterback of the future. And the first, and I saw something funny. It was like in the after they drafted Zach Wilson, they did more for Zach Wilson than in the the rest of the or the rest next three days that they did for Sam Darnold in two years. That's true. Like they got him help. Yeah. They said, "Fuck this! I don't care. We're gonna swing and miss. If they suck, they suck. But we're gonna do our best to make sure he gets help." On paper, they did everything that they needed. And uh, Vera Tucker, I think you can make the argument he should have been drafted 14 because of the versatility that he's gonna bring. But, I mean, Michael Carter, the other stud running back out of North Carolina. Michael Carter and Michael L. Carter, both Michael Carters. Jets bat, drafted Michael yeah. Carter the second, too. <laughs> Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina. That's going to be a, a good thing for them because they haven't – they're not going to have to rely on Frank, Frank Gore. Gore. Who so, would have thought? Frank Gore, 40 years later. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have done that last year, but they, they probably did. Should, they probably should have drafted – I mean, look, Elijah Moore is a great wide receiver, but they probably could have picked Javante Williams there at, at their first pick in they, the second round. Yeah. That it depends on if you wanted if you you can either take the load off of Wilson's back by getting the running back or get the Have receiver. Help on that side, yeah. So it, I think honestly, Zach Wilson looks so out of place at the draft. All those pictures of so him weird. standing next to so weird. The the best one was the video they were taking a picture of all the guys at the draft and he was standing next to Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase isn't super hood, but Zach Wilson's from Draper, Utah, and went to school in Provo. So he's like, oh, we're uh. We're throwing up games. He is sides. as Mormon as you can get. No offense, but he is as Mormon as you can get. Yeah, Jamar Chase gave a like a peace sign or the rock on after the picture, and he's like, "What? We're, we're throwing we're, up gang signs? What? What, what he, set do you all, rep, all brother? These, there, there was a majority of SEC players in that that attended the draft, mm-hmm. and the most out of place people were were Zach Wilson and Mac Jones because Mac Jones had a Mac Jones looks like he's gonna sell me a car. He yeah. doesn't look like he's gonna. <laughs> His suit was a little too big compared to everyone else's. He had the casual. I mean, no offense, but like he had the he had the pants that fit perfectly all the way yeah. down to the ankle, all the way down to the foot. <laughs> The rest of these draft picks had shoes with no socks on and, 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 and basically um, a cropped a little bit up on their pants and their suits were nicely tight fit. I mean, talking about tight fit suits, uh, how about that Miles Garrett suit? That was also something. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was pushing a little bit. But, yeah, he those two looked way out of place. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and Mac Jones looks like he's been celebrating that national championship a little bit. He's got that oh, beer yeah. gut rocking. I mean, that's the Patriot way. That's, You're mean, not a good Patriot quarterback unless you got a gut, right? I guess. I guess. We definitely know Bill Belichick has a type. Bill Belichick likes his quarterbacks a little bit on the thicker side, and that's that's where we'll leave that. But the AFC East, the the one thing that really surprised me, the Bills, they didn't have a terrible draft, but they didn't have as good of a draft as they probably could have. I think they could have swung on, on some different players. I think they should have been a little more aggressive. Yeah, they went like, they really had, safe for yeah, most of it. They were really, really safe. They should have been a little more aggressive on th- some things. They didn't. They had no picks that were like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is the next stud." They had picks where like, "This guy could be a French starter, or this guy mm-hmm. is gonna make a difference, but he's not gonna make a huge impact." They the the Bills are right now. I'm telling you right now, 
if you're a contender in the NFL and you are a top four team in the NFL, I'll say right now, you take swings and misses. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what, this guy has potential. He may have injury history or may have something else. You take swings and misses because you have the capabilities of that. Because if it turns out well, then you are sitting pretty. But if it doesn't, you're okay because your team is still solid. The Bills didn't really do that. The only one that I really liked for them was that Gregory Rousseau pick because they needed a pass rush. That dude is huge too. Yeah, he's, he's massive. He's a big, big boy. So I, I, that's the only one that I really liked. But that was their first round pick. The rest of them were, who was that? I didn't even didn't even study him. Yeah. Honestly, nobody even had him on their draft board. You could have taken him. You could have signed him as an undrafted free agent. Um, all right, that's the AFC East. Let's talk about – we'll go AFC South and we'll finish up with the AFC West because I know you want to talk about the Broncos and for, for good reason because there's some other stuff outside of – it happened on draft day, but there's some other stuff outside of the draft that we should talk about too. Uh, the South, uh, this was Kelsey from Hilo Sports who was doing these grades. Jaguars, A-, Texans, C+, Colts, B-, and the Titans, a B. I didn't really have – uh, do you do you agree with the Jaguars getting an A for this no. draft? I, there, there's the only reason why the Jaguars deserve an A is because of their number one pick, mm-hmm. and they couldn't fuck that up. But but they could have, they could have, but they didn't fuck yeah, that up because they they're not that stupid. They still took all nine minutes on the clock. Which they just did that to spite people, to, for ratings or whatever. But look, why do you pick Travis at the end? That is so disrespectful to James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Travis. Look, you. If you really want to pair um, Trevor Lawrence with former teammates, go draft a Clemson receiver. There was a few on the Martin board. Rogers. Yeah, go go do guy. that. You don't trade up and get a running back after you had the best rookie running back this year, mm. and he was undrafted. Didn't play the last four games of the season too. Like, come on, James Robinson, man. He that is so disrespectful to him. Uh, that that is terrible. Etienne, I was big on. I think Etienne could be the best running back in this draft. But he's going to wash away down there. He is not going to be a starter running back. He's not going to go in and win the job. That's James Robinson's job right now. They're probably going to put him in the starting position, unfortunately. And that's and that then we're in a situation where James Robinson is still in his prime. Yeah. Someone else is going to be very James happy. Robinson's going to be on another team. I don't think. I think that pick solidified James Robinson won't finish. Won't get a second contract with Jackson. Which I don't understand. Unless yeah. ETN really does flame out and. And know, then you waste a first round pick on a guy who's flaming out. It's yeah. You're you're hoping. F- if you like James Robinson, you're hoping for your first round pick to be a bust, which is not something uh, successful franchises do all that often. You're expecting your first round pick to come in and make an impact, and I don't don't know if Etienne's going to be able to do that. And if he does, you're missing out on a great playmaker who he was with your team when you were the worst in the NFL, and now he made your team watchable. Let's put it that way. Let's Jaguars were not fun to watch. No. And the only times they were worth anything was fantasy owners when they had James Robinson in the playoffs. And let's be honest, they sat him out of those last four games to ensure that they had the f- number one overall pick. If James Robinson plays in one of those last few games, there's a possibility they win more games than the Jets. And we're talking about Trevor Lawrence in Manhattan like a lot of people wanted instead of uh, Trevor Lawrence being in Jacksonville. But – Houston is one that I wanted to talk about because they got Davis Mills, which is a guy that I th- said was a, a hidden gem in, in this draft. You guys, you guys are too nice. Like You guys didn't give any Fs out. That's an F. They had an F draft. They were probably, but they don't have any draft picks. So with what they did, with what they had, I'll, I'll be okay with a C plus, but it's way too generous. They, they had at least had a D not a C plus. Well, like at least a D look, there was a deep given, but it wasn't in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Their first pick was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
That that tells you all you need to know about where this organization is. Because they don't know what the allegations or what's going to happen with Sean Watson. You probably should have took some of those deals uh, two months back, three months back, that especially the Broncos that were offering you should have took those deals because Deshaun Watson may be on the curb at the end of the season. He may not be playing football. Mm-hmm. And you take Davis Mills, who is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but they didn't do anything. They got a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, I get No offense to anyone that got drafted by Houston. The only reason why I'm going to be watching Houston football is because of number 30, Philip Lindsay. That's the only reason why I will tune into any football game that Houston Texans play. Besides that, Texans are going to be drafting number one overall next year. Book it, yeah. book it. They will be drafting number one overall next year. If it's not them, it'll be somebody, some of these lower teams that maybe. I mean, I don't know. I see them or maybe the Falcons. Falcons, yeah. I mean, they're going to be a number one pick overall next year. They're book it now. Um, but Texans, like that's like Davis Mills is a good quarterback, but. You should have done something else. You should have tried to trade up for at least a second-round pick because they didn't have a second-round pick either. No. The first pick was in the third round. Try to trade up to the second round. Like, waste some picks. You're you're telling yourself, we're just going to sit here at third round and not do anything. You at least should have tried to bunch some of those up so you could at least get one viable starter. Yeah. They didn't get one viable starter, I think. Well, they, Davis Mills would probably start. That's the only reason because of the Sean Watson thing, but they didn't get one guy who should be a starter in the NFL. No, they they have so many holes to fill, and they really didn't. I mean, they drafted guys at the positions that they needed to, but they're not guys that. There's a difference. They looked at Todd McShay and Mel Kiver's board and said, "Oh, that guy is a uh, best in his position. We'll pick him." Yeah. No, that's basically what they did. That's how a couple other teams basically did their draft too. Um, but yeah, the AFC South. I don't know who's going to come out of that division. Probably the Colts or Titans, but that's not a division that we're going to see a lot of. It's not like the AFC North where you're going to have a division winner and two teams vying for a wild card spot. This is a, a division. It, it could very well be the AFC East of last year, where the team that wins the division is at or around 500, and that's about where I see the AFC. I, I do got a question because I saw this question pop up for you. Is right now who do you think is set up for more success? Put your bias aside. Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Because I'll, I'll tell you what mine I, – I mean, I think Joe Burrow set up more, for more success mm-hmm. because of what the Bengals have done so far. I, I think Jacksonville is a shithole. No offense, Jim, but they are not an organization you want to go to. That is, that, is, that is death row. That is a place you don't want to go to. The Bengals, I mean, no offense, you haven't had much success, but it's still viable. Like, it's, it's still reasonable. Yeah. And – I mean, I think no offense. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback, but I think Joe Burrow is going to have more success because of the the place he's at. That's the now you're making me realize how close those two organizations are because the Jaguars struggle. Their owner doesn't really know football that much. They're having a new coach. I don't know how Urban Meyer is going to do at the NFL level. I don't think Zach Taylor is a good NFL coach. I would have probably moved on from him after last year. And Mike Brown is. I I think he's the worst owner mainly because I'm a Bengals fan, but he really hasn't objectively looking at the stuff that he's done for the team. I've said this story a couple times. TJ Hushmanzada, he said when he first went to the Bengals, they were reusing jock straps. They weren't issuing brand new gear for all their guys. And you had to go stop at the gas station and grab a Gatorade before practice because we're not paying team expense so that you can have Gatorade on the sidelines. I think Burrow who who knows what their careers are going to turn out, but right now Burrow definitely has a better team situation. 
But I think both teams are probably going to be looking for new coaches soon. I don't have faith in Urban Meyer being a good coach at the NFL level. So I, I guess I'll say Burrow, and that's knowing how bad the Bengals I, – I still don't think the Bengals are fighting for a playoff spot after this draft. I think they're fighting for a playoff spot more than the Jaguars. Are. Oh, yeah. Because well, Trevor Lawrence is – I mean – I I mean I what, still see Jacksonville finishing third or fourth in that division. Yeah, that's the only reason why they're third is because the Texans are in that division. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's the, the only reason. reason. Um, let's move on to the AFC West real quick, and, and well, not real quick. Let's talk about the Broncos. Um, first, let's start off with that bomb that was dropped on draft day. Aaron Rodgers oh, does man. not want to go back to Green Bay. Oh man! Oh and man! We all know that Green Bay doesn't like to trade their players within conference, so that means that the two teams that are really on the table for this Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, if it is for real, because it could just be a play for – who would you rather keep, Aaron Rodgers or the GM? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Ten so times out of ten. there is a good chance that the organization does just give Aaron Rodgers what he wants so that he stays in Green Bay and stays happy. But the two teams that are kind of in the running are the Broncos and the Raiders. And I would say the Broncos definitely a lot more than the Raiders. Um what did you think when that news broke? Man, I was oh man, oh I texted you. I was like, man, the second it's called, the second it happens, we're having a bonus episode. You we're said going, that you were gonna call in from your parents' I'll call anniversary it, dinner. Yeah, I'll, I'll call in from anniversary dinner. I'll do the whole thing. If it pulls, like, I'm going the whole way. Like, man, there's a chance. I'm gonna tell you right now. There's a chance. I don't. There's a better chance than Deshaun Watson. I think was originally before because mm-hmm. Deshaun, like a few months ago, when Deshaun Watson thing was going on. People didn't know what was going on with the allegations, and they didn't know if Deshaun Watson was going to leave because they were unwilling to. The Packers have done nothing for this man. Mm-hmm. And people who are saying, well, they got Devontae Adams, they got Robert Tunyon, those guys were made good because of number 12. Yeah. The only reason why they're anything, they haven't drafted a wide receiver since 2002. That was when Brett Favre was still the quarterback, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Like they, and they, they haven't done anything to help him out. If I saw a rumor that that the the tipping point was when they cut a receiver that I can't even remember his name. No offense to the poor guy, but they cut a receiver that Aaron Rodgers praised the day before, and then the next day after they cut him. That was the turning point. If that's the turning point about cutting a receiver that barely makes a roster, then you are in deep trouble. He he's you gotta think that I mean. The stat is insane. They've drafted one offensive player in the first round in the last nine years, and that was Jordan Love last year. A guy that people were saying he got elevated to a late first-round status, but really he's probably a third-round pick at best with what he's done being out of Utah State, and he's really raw and everything like that. So I think it's it's understandable for Aaron Rodgers to want out of that situation, and I, I, I think that he's – it's either going to be the GM gets fired or Rodgers plays somewhere else. And, and if you're if you're any Packers owner out there, you make sure the GM is not the one that or GM is not the one that stays. Yeah. Well, that's the other. I mean, Broncos are in a similar situation without a true owner. Organizations without a real owner struggle very struggle. badly, and you don't really get a lot of help from the NFL because the NFL doesn't want to deal with. They want to deal with the owners. Roger Goodell is an employee of the NFL owners. That's what a lot of people don't understand when they're looking at the NFL. And when you don't have a guy that has a direct line to Roger Goodell, it's very difficult for you to make your players happy, for you to get in different things. Devontae Adams sent out a tweet today that said, you got to respect what you got before it's gone. So, I mean... Hey, look, 
there's, I mean, because I, I I listen to the Pat McAfee show a lot, and he's, I mean, he has Aaron Rodgers on basically every week. Yeah. Probably doesn't, won't have it on for a few weeks because of space, and he probably doesn't want to go out on the air. But he has AJ Hawk on the, on the show, who is a good friend of mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, who was at the Kentucky Derby with him, and AJ Hawk said, yeah, he's not happy. And he it's it doesn't necessarily go back to the Jordan Love thing. It's the fact that they have never really given him given him the reins to the offense or yeah. to any personnel decisions free agency. Because it's not only that this team has has um, not drafted anybody. They let Jordy Nelson walk. They let Randall Cobb walk. They let. Um, they Aaron let, Jones just walked this past yep, season. Aaron Jones walked. Like they're letting players walk that were. Pivotal parts of teams. Clay Matthews, there's another one mm-hmm. that, that was a leader on a Super Bowl winning team that Aaron Rodgers was not happy about. This is not necessarily him, the Packers not drafting anybody. It's personnel issues that they're not even discussing with 12. And look, you can you can have that argument, well, quarterbacks don't determine the future, blah, blah, blah. If you have a once-in-a-generational type quarterback, like number 12 Aaron Rodgers is, who may go down as a top 10 quarterback of all time, you talk with him. Tom Brady has reins. Peyton Manning has reins. Had reins. Drew Brees had reins because yeah. of the way they are. You're if you don't treat a quarterback because of how talent they are, talented they are, you don't treat them like they are, then they're gonna walk. Yeah. And the Packers have not done that. You also don't actively spite your starting quarterback, and that's what they've done. When they cut the guy right after he talked about, you're spiting him intentionally. I don't think that they've been in the market for a lot of these big name receivers in free agency. And that is crazy. You wouldn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers. I, I think that the team, like the players, are like, "When's Green Bay calling?" And Green Bay's like, "No, we're, we're good, fine. Yeah. Well, Aaron will make everybody else better. We'll just we'll give him a high school team. Aaron can get us to a ten and six, ten and seven record now with a high school team. Not really. It's not how the things work." Um, well, let's get to the Broncos draft specifically real quick, uh, and we'll go through the, the – Rev gave these grades, so let's see if you agree with Rev, former guest of the podcast. Chargers got an A+, Broncos got a B-, Chiefs got a B, and the Raiders got a C. Uh, but for the Broncos specifically, I'll tell you, I really like the Patrick Sertan pick. I love and, it. And that's going to be – he has he's one of those guys that gets drafted. He has Hall of Fame potential. That is a – you can never go wrong with that draft. I know everybody was crying because the Broncos are – you guys are quarterback hungry. Like every single quarterback that's rumored to be going somewhere, the Broncos fan base is like, yes, yes, please, come on. We just signed Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care. I just, I just want another quarterback. Give me something new to look at. Patrick Sertan is going to make the Broncos defense good. This is what we were saying. All of the free agent signings that they did in the DB room made them good for next season. Patrick Sertan draft makes them good in the secondary for the next four, five. 10-plus years. Your defense is set for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, um, Patrick Sertan. Pa- look, Patrick, we, we have four corners that are all can start on any team in the league. Sertan, Fuller, Gallahan, and Darby. Mm-hmm. And people forget Bryce Callahan, last year of his deal. Kyle Fuller, one-year deal. Next year, Sertan is going to be the starter. You draft a starting corner who arguably I think was the number one corner in this draft because of the talent he faced at Alabama. You get him at number nine. That's a steal. And I'm going to tell you right now, Justin Fields doesn't make this a playoff team. He doesn't. He's probably not playing until week eight, possibly. Yeah, he, he he's not the starting quarterback. He doesn't step in. I Bears fans have bad news. He's probably not your starting quarterback right away either because they'll probably start Andy Dalton for two games and then realize how much he sucks and then let Justin Fields go. But Justin Fields is not going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos if they drafted him at nine. 
Mm-hmm. Fact of the matter is, you can say, well, you got to start me drafting M9. Sertan is going to be a guy that you can anchor your defense around. And if this division tells you anything, you have to have a good secondary. You have to. Because yep. if you can't guard anybody on the outside, you're going to get torched by Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Those two dudes, if you don't have corners that make it life a living hell on those two and have edge rushers like the Broncos do, your life is going to be hell. And Sertan is a great pick. If it wasn't for the signings of Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby this offseason, every Broncos fan would be like, damn, we got Sertan? He fell to nine? If it, that was a conversation two months ago. Seriously, it was. Before free agency happened, all Broncos fans were like, Sertan's a guy, Sertan's a guy, Sertan's a guy. And now that we picked him, everyone's pissed? F off, man. F off. Hell no. That is a great pick. Sertan is going to be a Pro Bowl-type corner for a lot of years. And like I said... Bradley Chubb is a pro bowler last year. He is going to be the, mo- the the next big guy for this team. And once Von Miller evidently either retires or leaves, this defense has is no flies on 2.0 and a great edge rusher. And the thing about Sertan that guys that study the game, when you watch a college cornerback play, college defenses are very zone-based because it's a lot easier. You don't have to implement a new scheme every week. Sertan can come up and press you, press a guy and keep him at the line of scrimmage. And that's not something that you see in a guy that's that young. Usually it takes a corner three or four years in the NFL to learn that. Sertan's coming in with that ability. Yeah, that's going to be an extra level. You're not going to have to worry about the defense. Anymore. And he won't have to come in and face the team's number one because you have Kyle Fuller and Darby and Gallagher to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, There's not going to be no pressure. He's going to come in and be like, he's going to learn from pro bowl type players, all pro type players, yeah. and then that's even going to elevate him more. I love the picture, Dan. I love it. In a co- I mean, he could end up starting play safety before they move him out to corner. I can see him being the guy that they put over a, a Kelsey or a Darren Waller in the slot, and we've been talking about it. You either got to be able to shut down the outside of the field or the inside of the field when you're playing in teams like the Chiefs and the Chargers and the, and the Raiders, especially in your division. You got a guy that can do that now. Patrick Sertan can come in and shut down the middle of the field just fine, and now you only have to worry about Patrick Mahomes laying out, throwing a 30-yard dime with both of his feet off of the ground. And, and if he beats you doing that, you're fine with it. He's no longer just going to be able to beat you because all of his receivers are running past you. This Broncos draft is exactly what the Broncos needed to do to address to win the division. Look, we're probably not winning the division because Patrick Mahomes, but you got a running back to slow the game down and play at your pace. Mm-hmm. You've got a guard slash center that is an absolute animal yeah. that can dominate the inside presence and to slow the Chiefs down, the best best defense is a good offense that keeps Patrick Mahomes off the field. You've got a corner that will be shut down corner for many years to come. you got a safety in Jamar Johnson out of Indiana who is one of the best safeties that people aren't talking about. Indiana's secondary was dead. Damn dangerous good. and he could be the replacement for Kareem Jackson next year or mm-hmm. excuse me the year after and then you also got players like Baron Browning that is going to step in right away yeah well we'll uh we'll go ahead and get to our break because we're way over the hour mark and when we come back we'll finish up the NFC side of the draft and then we'll get into our segments that's coming up here on the far end of the bench on the unhinged sports network Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because there's new jerseys coming out on that site. And, and not just jerseys and shirts, it's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They got promo codes every single day. 
Um, great, great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy? Well, I mean, it's it's March, it's April, man. We have lots of good stuff coming, but the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up. Uh, through while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of the warm ups from those universities and go get support your favorite teams because all those just sick warm ups, like I said, sick jerseys, whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All Star game just happened, NBA All Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before, but go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. Go get you. <laughs> Excuse me, all-star warm-ups. I got an all-star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. Go use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Benchwarmers, we know you guys like to drink your craft beer, and that's a good thing because we're entering a partnership with one of the best, youngest breweries in the western slope of Colorado, High Alpine Brewing Company. We know that there's a lot of listeners out there in Gunnison. You guys know what we're talking about with High Alpine, but Scott, the owner, and us two, Nico and Jimmy, for the Far End of the Bench podcast have entered into a working partnership with them, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out like merch, we're going to have some possible giveaway deals with them. If you mentioned listening to the Far End of the Bench podcast, so there's great things coming with us and, the, and High Alpine Brewing Company. Exactly. Who doesn't like drinking beer while watching sports at a bar? That's the greatest combination there can be. Um, you got to go check out our friends up there. A lot of great things out of us and one of the best breweries in Colorado, hands down. Um, they got a lot of good stuff. Jimmy and I will be promoting their stuff like no other. I guarantee you that. We'll be wearing their shirts. Um, be sure to go on their website. They got good merchandise over there. Check them out there. And then obviously go taste their great beer because they have a great selection. Great selection, always on tap. Nice cold craft beer. Also follow them on Instagram at High Alpine Brewing Company. Look them up on Facebook also at High Alpine Brewing Company. They're one of the biggest and youngest breweries in Colorado. Go give them a shout out and help out the far end of the bench and help us grow our brand. Thanks, guys. Welcome back, bench warmers. Obviously, we're talking about the draft, and if you're a sports fan, fanatics definitely something that you need to get. I already got my Joe Burrow black jersey coming in. I didn't get a Jamar Chase one because I wanted to make sure that he's going to be number one in the NFL. So I, I didn't get that one yet. But fanatics link in our bio helps out the Unhinged Sports Network, and you can get your brand new, the savior of your franchise. Go get his jersey, whoever that may be. Uh, but let's talk about the rest of these NFL draft grades that we had in our. Uh, big blog that we put out as a whole and we're on the AFC or NFC North and I'll just give you the grades and we can kind of react to them NFC North Bears got an A plus Lions a B plus Packers a C and the Vikings a B minus Packers you could have gave a D again it's true (laughs) I mean mean, you could have given them a D I don't know I I think this was Rev as well with the NFC North and the Bears an A plus it was probably because of the way they finessed the Justin Fields thing, moving up from 20 No one to thought 11. they'd be able to get a quarterback. So, Especially, I mean, you probably could have got a quarterback, but people were thinking like Kellen Mond or somebody like that. And they ended up getting Justin Fields, who I think is better than Mac Jones. And uh, I, I think he is, too. He yeah, definitely I mean, is. 
There's some people that are saying otherwise, but we are definitely Mac Jones is not the best quarterback, quarterback in, in this draft minds, class. Yeah. All right. Now, NFC East, this was another division that I did. I gave the Cowboys a B. I was talking to Kelsey, who's a Cowboys fan, and he's like, I really didn't like anything they did. And I said, I gave them a B because they didn't panic after Sertan got picked one before them, and they, they ended up moving back, picking up capital. You can debate on what you what you thought Training they did with, with the that. Eagles never is able to get you to sleep at night. But mm. Giants, I gave a C. The Eagles a C-, and Washington got a C-plus from me. I gave the Giants a low grade because I felt like they were just picking the best player. They did the same thing with Kuyper and McShay's draft boards. Like, what? That's the best player still available? They didn't draft a single team need. ESPN laid, laid out their team needs. They didn't draft a single guy at those positions. Um, so the Giants got a C. NFC West, this was uh, Dan from Time to BS again. Gave the 49ers a B, the Rams a C, the Cardinals a C plus, and the Seahawks an A. Let's just talk about the fact that the 49ers swerved everybody and picked Trey Lance at three. Oh, no, not. they didn't swerve everybody. They knew exactly what they were doing. They, they knew what they were doing. Nobody – I mean, Kyle Shanahan didn't even know what they were doing. That's true. But uh, so I think that's – the the NFC West was a little bit strange. I don't think that the Seahawks got an A. Just throw that out there. Dan is a big Seahawks fan. Yeah. He might have been looking through the uh, teal and blue glasses a little bit when he was when he was putting out his grades. But it was definitely – I mean, he still gave some really good analysis for the other team's picks. And then the NFC South, which is Kelsey again – this is the lowest grade anybody got from us. Falcons got a D plus, the Panthers an A plus, the Saints a C plus, and the Bucks got an A. Um, do you agree with the Falcons getting a D plus? Well, I there? mean, the Falcons probably got the best player in the draft, but it wasn't a position need. Yeah, like they 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 like they they looked at the board like this player is here, so I guess we'll draft him. They get they got no no nothing of needs. Their defense is still terrible. They don't know what they're gonna do on the offensive side of the ball. Their Are offensive they, line is terrible. Their offensive line is terrible. Matt Ryan has weapons on weapons. Maybe the best one of the best weapon core we'll, we'll see in a long time, but he's not gonna have time to throw it. So I mean I like maybe they should have gone Sewell there I don't know but like or trade back I mean like, they could have traded back and picked up a lot more guys at positions that would have actually mattered they got the they, they got one of the most talented players in the draft but it's not like he's going to make this team that much better yeah it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them I like Arthur Smith I think that he could be a good head coach but I don't like what he did in this first. Draft, reminds you he ran an offense that was centered around Derrick Henry. Falcons don't really have running back. Yeah, or, I mean, the Titans' offensive line, too, yeah. is badass. Shout out Taylor and Busting with the Boys, obviously. That's one of our main main podcasts that we listen to. But that's the uh, unhinged NFL draft grades that we put out. Like I said, check out the whole blog, unhingedsn.com. It was, uh, I wasn't sure if we would get everybody contributing to it because, obviously, everybody's busy, but we all took the time and, and – did our work and, and gave everybody else grades. So that, uh, I mean, that's what we did for the NFL draft. And now let's move on. Bench warmer of the week, and we'll do most dominant team of the week too before we get to our partnership segments. Uh, my bench warmer of the week is Brian Gutekunst. That's the GM for the yes, Packers. Yes, it's the GM for the Packers. And obviously, it's for obvious reasons. If, Very obvious. If I have to explain this to you, you didn't listen to the first half of the podcast. Or you, you have, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> or you uh, are a true diehard Packers can do no wrong fan. And obvious, everybody can do wrong. Everybody can screw up. And the Packers definitely have screwed up for basically in Aaron Rodgers' entire career. Because remember, they kept telling Aaron, oh, no, Brett's retiring. This is your team. And then when Brett came back, 
okay, maybe it's still Brett's team. Let's not move on too quickly. So they basically shafted Aaron Rodgers the entire time he's been in the league. One of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. He shafted him way too bad. My bench one of the week just happened. Anthony Davis, as we're recording this, his his seven-foot ass just got ran over by Faku Composite, who's ten, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Nuggets might lose this game, but that is Bush League. Faku Compazzo barely touches him, and and Anthony Davis does a Space Jam two level um level uh flop there, and it's just terrible, man. Yeah, that was uh. I mean, even the announcers we were listening to that part, and they're like, "What? That, how is that a foul? How is Anthony Davis getting ran over by Faku Compazzo first? And Ra- another. I mean, that's the last two minute report. It's gonna come out. Anthony Davis flopped. Yeah, it's. It, La- I mean, La- Lakers are. But I. Eh, I hate the Lakers so much. I just really do. The Lakers right now don't scare me if we play them in the playoffs. Oh, I, they, they scare me a lot. They really. Like, I'm sorry. Like, look, the Lakers worry me so much because of number twenty three. It doesn't matter what seed they are. No, it doesn't. Lebr- but like LeBron. Like the last thing I want to do is face the Lakers in the first second round. I'm thirty six. That's that's all I'll say with that. The uh, most dominant team of the week. Who's your most dominant team? Most dominant team of the week. So I was gonna go the Nuggets, but since they lost tonight, I'm gonna go Bob Baffert horse racing team. Seven career derby win for Bob Baffert and Medina Spirits wins the Kentucky Derby. I know we didn't really get to touch on it last week because no one really remembered the Kentucky Derby was happening mm-hmm. until the until the until it happens. I saw a funny tweet. It was like, man, can they give us some warning about when the Kentucky Derby is? Because if I want to go, man, like I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like we didn't I woke up and my mom was like, it's Derby Day. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, you're gonna come over to watch the Derby? I'm like the draft is on. What? It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the Kentucky Derby. It's the NFL draft, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, the Kentucky Derby. I was Derby's expecting on. them to play the Kentucky Derby during the NHL playoffs again because that's, <laughs> that's just true. how NBC Sports rolls. That's true. But Bob yeah. Baffert looks like Robert Kraft's more successful long lost son, twin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's or long lost son. Either way, yeah, um, it's it's cool. So, like seventh career. When winning his horse trainer of all time, right? Yeah, man. Look, I'm telling you right now, I want to, I want, I want to race horse, or I want to race horse so bad. I want. I want to. Like, Hopefully, I'll, this podcast takes off the hey. way that we wanted to. <laughs> if we get horse racing money, oh just know, man, I'm not working no more. <laughs> oh man, we, we we could be living large. Yeah, if that's look up how much a oh, well, race horse costs. We'll name our horse Benchwarmer, and we'll have him. Oh, imagine Jimmy, us, or, or we, we live in large at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we we have we find a good like horse trainer. Oh, you think my golf outfit was bad? Just wait till I show up to the Kentucky Derby with a horse on the track. Oh, Boy, man. <laughs> that's going to be, I mean, now everybody's going to hope that it happens. You can, you can, I mean, reach hey, out. Hey, and, maybe, and, hey, maybe next year we'll, we'll, we'll maybe try to attend. Yeah. I mean, that'd be some fun. That be something. I, I, that's a, that's a, that's a bucket list still. We should. Yeah, and we should think about going to the draft because it's in Vegas. That's also true, yeah. And uh, I won't remember the draft, time, yeah. but I would like to go to Vegas. Uh, my most dominant team is the New York Knicks. They are 9-1 in the last New York Knicks, 10. baby. And and they're the only reason New York sports are relevant at the moment. So the New York Knicks. <laughs> Any and, reason because the Yankees suck too right now. Buddy. They got back to 500. They're only two games oh, out good. of first place in the that's East. Good. That's We're not going to talk about baseball because we got way too much else to get to. Uh, but, yeah, that, those are our most dominant teams of the week. And now let's get into our partnership segments. And we'll start with What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company, our friends over there in Gunnison. Uh, they just opened up their patio. So if you're up in the Gunnison Valley and you haven't checked out High Alpine Brewing Company, go get a, go get some pizza, great pizza, and then awesome beers on tap. Scott's a, a really cool guy out there, and it's a great place. So 
that's who this segment is presented by. I'll let you start because I got a little bit of a thing that I want to do with mine. All right, fair enough. Well, what's brewing? Hey, Rod, how you doing? How how, how you doing, man? Look, we we have dra- the Broncos have drafted a tight end, a receiver, another receiver, a running back, an offensive lineman. We have drafted more for you in the past three years for a team for a Super Bowl win than the Packers have done in 18 years or however long you've been playing. It's probably it hasn't been 18 years, but something along those lines. I think 13. Yeah, so you come to Denver, man. I know you want to win another ring. How sweet would it be to be able to come to Denver where we will treat you like royalty? Look what happened with Peyton Manning. There's a reason why he lives here still. There's a reason why John Elway is still revered in this organization because we treat our quarterbacks right. We treat them with respect. We let them show the Bronco way. There's a reason why this organization was top three in the best record of 16 in the 16 season 16 whatever game season 16 era. game season third best record even all we need i'll tell you right now you come to denver this organization is a super bowl contender we are one piece away all you gotta do is come home come on we will treat you with love respect we'll be there for you shane your your beautiful fiance shaylene lives in boulder it is not that far of a drive up you can go have some fun with aj hawk up there and drink a or drink a bunch of beer and go smoke a bunch of cigars we will provide those for you we will do everything we can to make your life wonderful here in denver so aaron Rodgers, come home come home Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the podcast version of a "You Up" text message from Nico. <laughs> yes, the Broncos treat their quarterbacks well as long as they didn't draft you. That's true. all I'm going to say. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, that's. I mean, obviously, that's definitely definitely brewing. And the longer it goes, I hope it brews a lot more, baby. The longer <laughs> it goes, the the more it's looking like it's either going to be the Packers and Aaron Rodgers going to be pissed off, or so it's either going to be this season or next season. That's basically yeah. what, what we can say. Um, my what's brewing? <clears throat> the following podcast is scheduled for one and once and for all, making their way to the airwaves from Denver, Colorado, weighing in at a combined weight of 545 pounds. Unofficially, the best karaoke experience, the Dago Express with Nick and Jimmy Pilato. I am. Dom is going by Nick now. He's trying. <laughs> I, I Hold up. It's... Wait a minute. That's all. That, that was another thing I talked to you about. What? I saw the Nick and Jimmy podcast. I was like, who the fuck is Nick? <laughs> I asked him and I was like, everybody knows you as Dom. Are you sure? Like, you are, you sure go... are you sure about that big man? <laughs> are you sure you want to do that? But yeah, he said that he wants to go with Nick. Uh, but we are starting a podcast. It is called the Dago Express. It's not going to be just sports. Obviously, Dom and I talk a lot about sports. He was on our draft coverage and he was like, the one thing he didn't know, uh, shout out Color Cast, by the way, because that was a lot of fun. He's like, that was forever. I have not take talked four. that long ten, in so long. Ten minutes each pick, not fun. No, it was uh, it was a long time, but I think this is, I mean, I'm ex- super excited about it. We have some cool things that we're going to be doing uh, with the end of the podcast and everything like that. And it's an excuse to talk to my brother, who's one of my best friends in this world, Dom and I. We have stupid conversations all the time. Let's put a couple microphones in front of us, see yeah. if we can get other people to laugh. Oh, it'll definitely be fun. I just, I'm telling Dom right now, I'm never calling him Nick. That's uh, just not going to happen. I feel Sorry, like there's Dom. a it's lot of not, people on that boat. It's not going to happen, buddy. He had this, everybody had this transition because he was Nick before he got, Coach Ken's the one who gave him the nickname Dom because I think Nick or Dominic was just too confusing for him. He's like, I, I can't scream that at you. I can scream Dom at you really easily. 
and he had such a hard time going originally from Nick to Dom, and now he wants to go back. I just, I don't know. It's not going to work, Dom. I'm sorry. At some point, it's Love probably going to be the Dago Express with Dom and Jimmy, but for now, it's Nick and Jimmy, and be sure to, we're uh, at the Dago Express, at Dago Express on Instagram and Twitter, so be sure to follow us there. We're going to start releasing episodes probably not this coming week, but uh, a couple weeks from now is when we'll have our first episode out. But that's what's brewing for me, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Now let's move over to Off the Hinges. I'll start this one because I, I had you start What's Brewing. This is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network, our uh, network affiliation. Follow them at Network Unhinged on Twitter. And my Off the Hinges this week is the No Coast Bias. Because I'm sick of it. I mean, it's been going on forever. It, obviously, it, it's a big deal because it's major markets. But we talked about it earlier already. These mid-market teams, you can't just dismiss them anymore. They're, I mean, heavy fan bases in all of these places, and they're starting to make a lot more of an, of an impact. But the fact that we have to stand on the table, stamp our feet, basically throw an entire tantrum just to have Nikola Jokic in the MVP conversation, because really ESPN has been trying to just make us forget Jokic even exists, throwing out all these other names. Yeah, I know he's Jokic is here, but look at this. Look over here. Look over here. ESPN, when LeBron retires and there's no reason to talk about New York sports or Los Angeles sports at some point, because at some point the Dodgers aren't going to be dominant in the MLB. Doesn't look soon, but hopefully. <laughs> it, at some point, ESPN is going to have to start taking notice. They probably should have already now. I'm just sick of it. It's driving me nuts, and, and I can't. I had to deal with it when I would go play in these national camps, and I dealt with it in college. I'm sure that you did too. When you tell somebody that you're from Denver or you, that's where you played, grow, grew up, it's a flyover state. Nobody really gives a shit. You should start giving a shit because we have developed to the point where it's not just Los Angeles or New York. There are other things in between. Read between the lines. Read between the lines, ESPN. And let's get this no coast bias going. Shout out DNVR because I think they're the ones that came up with that. Or, I, mean, or I love that. I love that completely. Like you said, I am going to bark on Nicole Jokic being MVP. And I look as a, as a person that lived in Arizona for three years, and I see how great the Suns are. It's mm -hmm. cool to see. I hate the Lakers more than anything. That is the one organization that. If if they disbanded, I would be the happiest man alive. I look, I love Kobe. I love, I love. I'm a big LeBron guy too, but I cannot stand Lakers. I'm sorry, that's just the way I am. The only reason why I have a Lakers jersey is because it's the Kobe tribute jersey. But I would never buy a Lakers jersey other than that. And man, having having organizations that are in the middle, like it's weird to say, but in the middle, like in, in, in on that are landlocked or whatever it may be, like there's good teams, there's good foundations in the in the middle of this in this country and mm -hmm. nuggets are right in that the nfl would not be on fox if it weren't for pat, pat bowling yep. and denver organization so it's not like we haven't done anything to deserve some recognition just give us the recognition we don't deserve. forget about that that team that plays on ice that's won two stanley cups with arguably the greatest goalie of all time exactly so there you go that's my off the hinges what's your off the hinges? my off the hinges man look get your ass off the broncos it, it, it get your ass off the Broncos fan base if you think if you are, are if you are that pissed off about Justin Fields not being there. I saw things about this organization is is second seller and this organization because they didn't draft a quarterback. Do yourself a favor if you're as a season ticket holder you think like that, don't renew your tickets. 
Do yourself. Do your, don't renew the tickets because there is a long list, a very, very, very long list of people that have been waiting to get Denver Broncos season tickets for years. Four it's a years. Year wait list right now. Do yourself a favor. If you have the argument, well, the Broncos are a second tier organization. I can't be a fan of this. Good. Leave. I don't want you. Good. I don't want you. That, that, this fact matters. I don't want you. Get the hell out of the bus. Yeah. Because look, what I'm seeing for the Broncos, I see what the Nuggets and the Avalanche did. We are building our youth and we are building around young pieces. And all we need is one piece. And the Nuggets had it in Jokic. The Avs had it in McKinnon. And now the Broncos are one quarterback piece away from being a damn good contender. Because this defense will be top five. We have one of the best young receiving cores right up there with the Bengals. I'll give you guys a shout out. One of the best young receiving cores and great running back room now too in the NFL. All they need is one piece. And if you're saying, well, this team won't be... This team won't be entertaining. Well, let me remind you how he won the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning wasn't winning us games. He wasn't. I love Osweiler won four. Brock Osweiler won us four games, and that's saying a lot. I mean, that defense was dominant for a reason, and we won the Super Bowl because of our number one defense. Mm-hmm. And teams that win the Super Bowl, there. I I don't know the exact record, but when a team has when the team the number one defense has gone against the number one offense in the Super Bowl, I think nine times out of ten the number one defense has won. Super Bowl forty eight. Super Bowl, yeah, Jimmy, you had to do that to me. It's the most recent example. That's <laughs> well, I mean, the Panthers and Broncos was also that because yeah, Panthers is number one offense too. And but look, if you really think that Justin Fields is going to be, it, it, Justin Fields may be good. I I liked him a lot. I think he could be good for the Bears. But if you think Justin Fields is the answer right now to make this team a Super Bowl contender, you're not right. It's not right. This team is an Aaron Rodgers away from a Super Bowl, or it's a Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater good season from being a good contender. Yeah, and if you think that this team won't be entertaining because we don't have Justin Fields on the roster, do yourself a favor. Don't renew your season tickets. Just do everyone in the state a favor because there is thousands of um, Denver Denver residents that have been waiting for many years to get on the list. Yeah, uh, this is where you start to see all those bandwagon fans that showed up when Peyton got here. Those are basically all the people that. At least in my head, those are all the people that are complaining about the draft picks. I remind you, we've had five bad seasons since the Super Bowl. Those, but that is the first time this happened in this organization's history. Yeah, that mean that means we have been spoiled. Oh, you yeah, and that's you can tell that. Like I said, you guys are quarterback hungry. True, like, very quarterback hungry. You're like a 13 year old who just discovered girls in in middle school. You're like everybody is so hot. I agree with you, and I gotta back you up on that because my uh, off the hinges a couple weeks ago was bandwagon fans. So, get off the bandwagon. I'm not on it. I just follow the team because I live here. Um, but yeah, that's that's off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. And now we'll get to what's on our screen presented by Fubo TV. Uh, at Fubo TV, sign up for for a free seven day trial. You get a bunch of live events and different packages, and it's a great price. No cable contract. You can cancel at any time. Um, and now I'll, I'll go first on this one because I've made it through Civil War and I'm on Black Panther uh, through the MCU. I've been tweeting out the timeline updates and everything like that. They don't, and Disney Plus doesn't have the Spider-Man standalone movies, so I didn't get to see. I, I got to figure out how to watch um, Homecoming and, and everything like that. But so far, I'll tell you, I was very down on Marvel going into this whole thing. I, I'm a much bigger DC fan, still am. But there's some really, really good movies. We talked about it before we started recording. I think the fact that they went back-to-back with Age of Ultron and then Civil War, War, those were two badass movies. And just 
the the character development so far has been great seeing the entire story and being able to follow it in chronological order basically with how the stories are going i'm a big fan of tony stark and and the way iron man has kind of come through that's probably my favorite uh, origin story that they have but age of ultron and civil war I mean, I'm, I'm back on the Marvel train after that. Jimmy's so. back on the train, ladies and gentlemen. And they released a great video of all the new movies coming out. Once you get to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, I know you're not a big fan of Wanda right now, but you will be. And, they, man, it, they mm. keep they keep firing. Mm. I promise you will be. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm excited for now. Captain America in the or. Falcon Winter Soldier is now Captain America yeah. in the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Spoiler alert, sorry, but it's been three weeks, and everybody watched that. Everybody basically watched that as soon as it came out. That's fair. What's on your screen? What's on my screen, man? We got a slate of games this week. Nuggets Jazz, Nuggets Nets, Nuggets Knicks all this week. Hmm. And we just had Nuggets Lakers, which we unfortunately lost. All three games going to be tough. And look, we this is going to be a big stretch for the Nuggets. You have to hold on to the three seed or you have to make sure the Lakers follow the six seed. We and we, the Nuggets are the four seed. You gotta avoid the Lakers at all costs. Yes, I'm saying that, but you have to, have to, have to, have to avoid the Lakers at all costs. Or that makes sure you stick with the three seed, or drop to the four seed and let the Lakers fall a little bit more. Either way, you gotta do whatever you can to avoid those two teams. Yeah, no, it's uh, there. There's some big things coming up, and we'll be on Colorcast a lot more because. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get some. We gotta get some dough. We yeah. gotta we gotta bring in the dough over here. So we're gonna be casting a bunch of Nuggets games and yep. maybe some other Heat games or some so, some sort. So be on the lookout for that because we gotta get in this NBA bracket challenge because we gotta take our crown. Yeah, no, be sure to check that out because we'll be on there a lot more. Check out all our partners. It's in our link tree and our bios at FEOTB Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Um, all of our partners are great. We wouldn't have had them in our link trees if we didn't. If we didn't, because I, I used Fubo TV for a little bit before I, I canceled it and and everything like that. We wouldn't. You didn't hear that Fubo TV. He still has it. Well, well there's <laughs> some other things that we can talk about afterwards. Um, all of the partners that are in our link tree, we actually believe in. We would use if we needed to and everything like that. So be sure to check, all, check out all of those at FEOTB pod. Now let's get into our regular segments. Beats of the week. These are the, these are the ones that we've had. This is now the... 39th episode, 39th episode that man. we've been doing these almost 40 jesus wow. this we're getting middle-aged i know it's we're getting middle-aged <laughs> we're not going to do anything for 40 but when we get to 50 we're going to have a celebration oh, we're gonna have something yeah. beats of the week uh i'll go first with my first one now that the draft has taken place all the super bowl odds are changed and everything like that the broncos just the fact that aaron Rodgers is rumored to go to the broncos their odds went way down no yeah way up like like in the, yeah in, way in like, up as the chances are higher but like not as much of a return turn, yeah. anymore my first one buffalo is plus 600 to win the afc they made it to the championship game last year if they you know have a, a couple pe- more pass rushers maybe some more weapons who knows what happens against kansas city plus 600 they have the best return of a team who i can legitimately see winning that conference besides kansas city um, and that's really the only other team that is in the AFC that I could see. We'll see. I'm not going to say the Patriots right now. We'll see what happens with Mac Jones and everything like that. I mean, he may not be the quarterback. Still, maybe Cam for a then few games. Then definitely not the Patriots. But yeah. Buffalo plus 600 to win the AFC might not I mean, might not be bad. The future ones, like we say, put down five bucks, skip lunch for a day, and then see what happens when when it gets back. But probably get on it now before. The odds change. Plus 600 is a good line. For sure. My first beats of the week, man, UFC has been putting out fire, 
fire matches. We looked like idiots last week. After with Anthony, Dom, or not Anthony Smith, Dominic Dom Reyes. Reyes. Yeah, Dominic Reyes with that crazy knockout of Prachaska. I heard his name right. say, said once, but I can't. I didn't pick it up off of okay. that. So. All right, well, another good card this weekend. We got a hometown boy fighting. Neil Magny is facing Jeff Neal. Uh, Magny is the underdog, plus 152. Uh, you know how I'm always going to ride at the Colorado boys. So Neil Magny to be Jeff Neal, plus 152. Always put money on the guys who don't get tired, and Neil Magny is known as a guy who will not get tired at all. He's the gaz- He's the gazelle for a reason. So I like plus 152 is good. Always got to put back the, the guys fighting out of Colorado. My next one, the Browns are plus 145 to win the AFC North. That's I, I say them because the Steelers are the only other team with this positive odds. a spite odds. pick for Jimmy because he, I mean. I don't, I don't hate the Browns as much as I hate the Ravens and Steelers. Mainly because look at them and it's the Spider-Man meme. Same, same. But same, same. Thing. We both are we're trash for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is the, Baker Mayfield is going to be the first quarterback since the Browns came back into the NFL to start three seasons in a row if he is the opening day starter. Which he will be. I, barring injury. That's, injury yeah. um, so plus 145 to win the AFC North. They probably could have done it last year if they didn't have a couple lapses in the middle of the season. But with the way they dominated teams, and I think they got a lot better out of this draft, the Browns plus 145. I'm not going to say book it because we all know who I want to win the division. But, you know, if they win it, I wouldn't be too upset. Sure. My next one, I go UFC again. I got Michelle Watterson. Um, also this week, fighting weekend against Marina Rodriguez. Michelle Watterson, a fighter that I've seen fight a few times, plus 132 it looks like. Um, she's a pretty good fighter. I don't know much about Marina Rodriguez, but that's an intriguing line for a fighter that's been around for a few years. Yeah, she's very good at all phases. Like She's, not, she's one of those fighters not necessarily great at anything, but she can be very good in all different phases of the fight. That's what you got to look for when you're trying to take these underdog picks. Uh, my last one, we have boxing this weekend. Oh, Cinco de Mayo. It's, it's going to be the Cinco de Mayo fight. Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders, if you don't know, is the training partner of Tyson Fury, who is the uh, heavyweight champion. for He's the WBC heavyweight champion, fighting Anthony Joshua to unify the belts later on this year. Canelo, by points, is plus 140. By KO or TKO, is plus 105. I don't know if he's going to be able to knock out Billy Joe Saunders because those Billy Joe Saunders is also uh, I they call him Wanderers I think in England but it, gypsies is gypsies, what yeah. him and Tyson Fury their families are those guys are tough if you've seen Snatch with Brad Pitt it's a little bit exaggerated but that's legitimately how gypsies are they were never liked anywhere so they learned how to fight and they're tough as hell so I like Canelo by points plus one forty. But if you really buy into the hype of Saul Alvarez, this is real name, by the way. If you didn't, Canelo's a nickname. Yeah. If you didn't speak Spanish, you probably didn't know that. But uh, plus one, 105, if you really like it, KO, TKO. I, I think that Canelo's going to win. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that fight plays out. It's fair. I mean, I'm just realizing this now, but the episode is dropping. On Cinco de Mayo. So happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Feliz Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> so my last uh, beat of the week. Ale MVP, Mike Trout, plus 200. Lock those in before the odds get too bad. Don't say any of his stats because that's going to come up later. Yeah, lock that in right now. Mike Trout has been unreal, man. The Angels have – we made – the Angels, look, we talk about wasted careers and 
what teams didn't do for star players. Mike Trout may be the greatest player to never win anything because the Angels do such a poor job yeah. of getting him any help. Hasn't even won a playoff series in his career. He's, he is the he, greatest he player. He hasn't even gotten to the playoffs. He's he? gotten to the playoffs once, but they lost the series. He hasn't won a playoff Jesus series. Christ. But, hey, Shohei Otani is throwing 100-mile-an-hour fastballs and taking the other pitcher 400 in in the other in the other half of the inning and Mike Trout this is his hottest start of his career and he's already the best player of this generation oh. I, I think that he's probably I think he's probably better than Jeter Jeter had a little bit Jeter obviously won and was on the Yankees so that's different but Mike Trout if you know baseball Mike Trout's a lot of fun to watch yeah. even if you're not an Angels fan all right now let's go to player and play of the week I'll let you go first for play of the week. Play of the week, week. Lamella Ball full court pass under his under underhand. You see that? He 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 was on one end of the court. Probably, this is tough for me to say because what Jokic does every other game. But when you talk about full court passes, but they're basically alley oops. This is as close as you can get. Lamella throws this underhanded. It chucks it, and the the guy catches it midair, goes up, hits a layup. That's that's the last time I've seen that happen was LeBron D Wade when they did that against the Pacers in like 2011 2012. Yeah, like it's been a very long time. Jokic makes full court passes, but they catch it in stride. Yeah, like I mean, like, Jokic is throwing uh, slant patterns across the court, and I don't even know. I didn't see it. Bleacher Report or yeah, Bleacher Report usually as soon as Lamelo sneezes. It's they on Bleacher pull, Report. Yeah. I didn't even see that one on well, TikTok. Well, I think that might week. have been like late last week, so yeah. maybe that's that's probably why. But, yeah, that's that's my play of the week. It was a pretty good one. Yeah. I'll give LaMelo the shout-out where I can. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year once Cade Cunningham and everybody else comes True. back into Bleacher the Bleacher Report may have a different flavor of the year. They flavor A flavor of the month, flavor of the year, that's my word of the week, by the way, apparently, because I've said that about 500 different times this week. It's going to be awkward. They're going to see LaMelo and be like, oh, I didn't know I you'd be here. I don't want to play here. with you anymore, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> I got buzz. <laughs> I didn't know you'd be here. Uh, okay, this is weird. My play of the week, Air Griffin is back. All he had to do was get out of Detroit. <laughs> That's the, all he had to do is the, get out of Detroit. They lost. And they still kind of got smacked yeah, up a little bit. But the putback, uh, we had we didn't see him dunk in over three seasons. And then the putback that he did, he could still fly. Oh, if yeah. he wants to, he can. He's just old and lazy and doesn't really yeah, want he just, to. Anymore. He just didn't want to do it in Detroit. <laughs> but that's – Blake Griffin had my play of the week. Uh, and I'll go to player of the week because you brought up Mike Trout. Mike Trout is on pace to have his best season. And I was going to go his season stats up to this point, but ESPN has the last six days. So I'll just read you off his, the stat line of his last six days. Uh, in the last week, he's 11 of 24, which is a 458 batting average. Crazy. A home run, a double, and four RBIs, which is, when you're playing, we'll say six games in six days because baseball can do that. Nobody, that's like my career numbers in MLB The Show. I, I average a 458 batting average in a video game. He's doing it in real life when the standard for an all-star is getting closer to 250 instead of the 300 mark that you always hear. So Mike Trout is my player of the week this week. Who's your player of the week? That's a good one. So my player of the week, I'm, I mean, he didn't have a good game against the Lakers, uh, but my player of the week, MPJ. MPJ's been balling out. He had 25, 7, and 5, seven and five against the Clippers. He had 23, 7, and 1 um, against the Toronto. Um, New Orleans, he had 28, 8, and 1. Memphis, he had 31, 7, and 2. The kid is playing special. This reminds you, everyone, this was a guy that was drafted 14th overall. 13 teams. All pass on him. The Clippers did it twice. Mm-hmm. 
They had two picks before him. They hit it twice. Kid has been unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. And now for our our second weekly segment of Nicole, your MVP's stats of the week. Nicole Jokic this week. Let's see. Lakers was an L, but he had 32 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Pretty good numbers. Um, against the Los Angeles Flippers, 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Not quite a triple-double, unfortunate. Um, against the Toronto Raptors, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. Kind of an off night. We beat them by 30, though. It's okay. Um, New Orleans, 32 points, 7, 8, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Pretty good too, right? Take yeah, that, yeah. Pretty good. Um, and then finally, Memphis Grizzlies, twenty-four points, fifteen rebounds. Holy cow! Five assists. Damn, off night assists. That's tough. I guess uh, he I, had to score all the points himself. That yeah, night. I, I guess. I guess that's those are okay numbers for an MVP. Uh, but he's on the three thirteen third seed in the West. How can he be MVP if you're oh, on the third seed in the West? Same we're record as the Sixers. D- Dame Lillard. Oh, D- CP three maybe this week, or is it, or is it? MB this week. Who is it? I don't know enough basketball players to keep this going, but <laughs> well, let's just go listen to Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith. They're the ones pushing very Everybody hard against else. Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be so funny when Nikola Jokic doesn't even want to accept the MVP trophy at the end of the season. He'll be like, thank you. Uh, I appreciate my teammates, yeah. and thank you. And then he'll say thank you twice, and then walk off. <laughs> Almost as good as Quentin Williams sneezing, blessing himself in the same interview. That's going to be Nikola Jokic's MVP speech. Um, that's player of the week and our MVP of the stats. MVP of the week. stats of the week. Yep. I like that. We might have to keep that at least until once Jokic gets the MVP, we can stop. But until then, we are going to get Jokic stats every single week. Don't I'll get, tell you that. Don't yep. get tired of Jokic stats because that's all that's coming in the next few at least weeks of the season until MVP voting closes because they announce the MVP in the playoffs, right? Uh, it's usually during or it might be after. Yeah. Sometimes they, they, they change it up every year. It'll be interesting to see what happens because if ESPN has their way, we know what's going to happen. But I don't think ESPN is going to have a choice to have their way this year. Um, but you that's going to be the- – You can run from it. You can dread from it. But Destiny Arrives all the same. Oof. I haven't gotten to that movie yet. I know. I know what happens. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Um Cable, by the way, Josh Brolin, Cable snaps his fingers after that line. Mm. Uh, that's going to be the end of this episode of The Far End of the Bench. Thank you all for listening. Episode 39 with myself and Nico. It's been, uh, this was a jam-packed one. We went a little bit over in the first half, so we'll we'll cut it a little bit short. But before we leave you, we want to remind you, be sure to follow us on our social medias, at Pod, Instagram, Twitter. We have a TikTok as well where I post some of the clips from our YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Subscribe there, The Far End of the Bench. We uh, we did our first. By the way, we didn't even mention this. We were six for six of the first six picks of the mock Pretty draft, good. and you know, not many people can say that. I said it before. I barely get any picks right in my mock drafts, and six for six. My favorite one was the Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. Yeah. That was my out there one that actually ended up coming true. I mean, but, my out there one did not even get close. My Mac Jones, the Eagles, that did not hit at all. Well, I was thinking, that, like, I mean, especially when they, when they traded up, I was like, ooh, here we go. Come on. Come do on, it. do it. Do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so be sure to check out the Far End of the Bench YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Ring the notification bell. Helps us out. And we're trying uh, – we're just continuing to grind, trying to grow all of, all of our brands. We'll be on ColorCast a lot more, like we said. Um, and everything like that. Catch our live premieres on the Unhinged Sports Network Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, and there's 24-7 coverage on that. So if you go to that URL, you will always have some kind of content to listen to. All of our great shows over there. 
I am on the High Heater Baseball Podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. I host two for Chirping. Nico is on three in the key. That's our baseball, hockey, and basketball shows on the Unhinged Sports Network and everything like that. Uh, I think that's yeah, episode 39, man. It's going to be a good 39. week as attacking, man. We got a lot of fun things going coming. So like I said, look out for our color cast stuff. We're going to be posting a lot more about that when we're casting and everything. Like I said, we're going to try to get in the tournament. So um, that should be a lot of fun. But like I said, it's going to be weird. No football for four months, but playoffs for hockey and basketball are right around the corner. So it's going to be a fun. All right, bench warmers. Thanks for hanging with Nico and I for episode 39 of the podcast. Like we said, we had a little bit of technical issues and then it was super late, so we didn't feel like getting new batteries and recording this part. So just a reminder, at FUTB Pods, where you can follow us, subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then be sure to check out the Unhinged Sports Network, both unhingedsn.airtime.pro for all the great shows, then unhingedsn.com for the blogging content. But for that, this has been the Far End of the Bench, episode 39. We will see you guys next week. Peace!